Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Oh, we're coming out swinging today. We are starting the show with a Kings roundtable because the Kings have done something that they've only done nine times in franchise history. Oh, my God. They have secured a winning season after beating the Nets last time in the second half of back-to-back. Deuce Mason alongside Morgan Reagan. we got Chris Watkins and, of course, SacktownSports.com's Frankie Cardaselli. Happy St. Patrick's Day. And I, I don't know. I can't oh. read this. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna, touch like, me. Yeah. Does, does anybody have any green on? No green. green. I don't <laughs> think anybody has any green on. Saint, happy nope. St. Patrick's Day. Welcome in Sacktown Sports. Dot com's leprechaun Frankie Cardicelli. Whoa! Wait, why would they type I, that? That is so. Thanks I, for having me on. Well, I, Bye, Frankie. No, I did not. Like, I mean, you just I'll read what's on Bra- the paper. I, yeah, yeah. I, you, know. you, Frankie, get them, get them. I, what can I? I'm short. I don't. I don't have red hair though. I don't have red hair. No uh, it definitely has like red vibes to it. Oh my red gosh! Vibes. Again, I'm doing things. That I'm not I'm even here. Irish. I'm Italian. I, what kind of holiday is this? I don't. I didn't write it. Thirty yeah. seconds in, and Frankie's just getting Hot. jumped on. Oh. So great coming on. Wait, did guys. I just realize I didn't say we are live today? Did I not do it? No. Oh wow, we're coming on. Are we live? I don't know. It's a Friday. We are live. Yeah, there, we go. there you go, Jamar. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. Uh, Kings get a win on a second night of a back-to-back. Guys, forty-two wins. We still got thirteen to go. We could be talking about a 50-win season, and now you get the sense like, oh, they're going to hang in that top three spot. Uh, last night's game was really ugly. Yeah. But there was also something about it you really liked because they found a way to win without putting up like 8,000 points in a game, Morgan. That's, I mean, you guys, that was probably one of my favorite things is they were shooting like crap in that first half, but then somehow getting to the free throw line, right? Finding other ways to score. And that's been one of my favorite things about this Kings team. Not even just the Kings offense. It's like they go, okay, if we're going to be really bad at this, at least we can, you know, put forth all of our effort into this and this. And they held them to 99 points last night as well. I'm not acting like they were the best defenders in the world. But at the same time, with the Nets missing their shots, plus the Kings doing a good job, defensive, better job defensively. It just really worked out for them. They got the W. Yeah, no, it's uh, I talked about it earlier where it's like it. you want to see them win a different variety of games, especially going through the experience. Like, again, like we talk so much about how inexperienced this team is. Winning these kind of games and, and mm. going through, okay, yeah, shots aren't falling. We aren't in our typical flow of offense. How can we get it done? And for them to go through that and, again, come out on the winning side of these games is huge and only going to be beneficial for this team moving forward. And just to be clear, Morgan, you said 99 points. They held them to 96 points. Don't try to shortchange oh, the Kings did I, defense. I said under 100, right? Or did you did, I say? but you did say 99. I did? You did. What? Where did I even get that number? I don't know. I have no idea where I got that did number. You, am I the only one that heard that? I don't recall. Yeah, dude. So I'm not going to side with you after that opening. <laughs> I read a paper. <laughs> yes. Here's the proof. Chris, re- you rewind the tape. Did I say 99? He'll go back and look. I can check. I can't okay, wait. Okay, thank you. I am right on this. Yep. See, 
it's crazy. Wow, one person's actually listening in this room. Interesting how that works, doing a show. You listen to each other. I don't know. Wild, huh? But none of us yeah. heard it but you? Yeah, I did. I you did. freaking I, psycho. I, thank you. I heard 90-something, and that's good enough for me. Oh, okay. okay so I did well, say Frank, Under 100's the important thing. Exactly. Uh, Frankie, of course, wrote about the game at SacktownSports.com. Um, it's pretty significant, man. I mean, 42 wins... When I think, well, the Vegas number was like 33, 34 yeah. at one point. They crushed it, man. They crushed it. Now, I put up a, uh, a I put something on Twitter last night. I made a, a dumb, like, meme, like, back in December of, oh, the king. It was like a car going off an off ramp. And, oh, the kings are, you know, going forward or going straight is playing for the play-in. And then a sharp right was going for a top five seed. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was funny because yeah. they were, like, nine and seven. They're really, I don't want to say locked in to the top five. Four, but we're, get, we're getting to the Say point it. where it would take an utter collapse to fall out of the top four. Could that happen? Absolutely. But they've played themselves in such a strong position where Chris and I talked about a couple of minutes ago. Chris is asking is the top seed in, in play. I don't know if the number one seed's quite in play, but there is a real like there's a realistic chance that they finish top two, top three. And uh it just shows how incredible of a year it's been. It's a memorable year. We talked about how the two thousand six season, things we were looking back on and things you could pull out from your your memory and yeah. the King's memory bank. This is a year that people are going to remember forever. I'll say this. I think one of the greatest things about this year, too, is how they're getting into this position, right? It's it's not fluky from the sense of, oh, they made all these big moves at the trade deadline to make some splash names come on this team that's not going to be sustainable. It's just like to make that extra push. And they're... They've created and developed something in this one season that is going to be sustainable for the future. That is really fun, not only for Kings fans, but for basketball fans. And I just, I I just, I almost think it feels like this isn't real. Mm. Um, Is this real? Hit me. Pinch me. I was like, I don't know if I can. (laughs) There we go. Okay. That, that, that was, was weak. Hurt, Pinch me. Did it hurt? No, I, I love that. Wanna, it's on camera. Out. I don't want HR coming after <laughs> me. It's, uh, it's St. Patrick's you gotta, Day. Yeah. Okay. Go green. Uh, but seriously, real life yeah. doesn't feel like it. Yeah, they shoot 39% last night, 13 of 41 from three. The most road wins now since the 0405 season. Sabonis was just a beast last night, oh, man. Beast. Sabonis is. 24 points, 21 rebounds, five Frankie D's. Right? Mm-hmm. I like yeah. it. I like Are it. Are sticking with that? I think it works. It doesn't work. I think it's it fine. works. I think it's just people don't really understand. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's one of those things that you have mean? to explain. It. It's dimes, dude. Frank- Frankie. Because Frankie, uh, Frankie. Remember, Frankie doesn't know that coins exist. That is That's true. Facts. Great who's point. Who's, who's on a dime? What are who? coins? Franklin D. Roosevelt is <laughs> on a dime. Oh, that's gold, not <laughs> dimes and nickels. <laughs> Who's on? Who's on a dime? You I just said, said Roosevelt. It. Oh, yeah. So I knew that already. Though. So we're calling. Do them... you know who Franklin Roosevelt was? Great yeah, question. Yes, he was a president. I know that. I love. I my my grandpa was named after him. I honestly was, was oh. sure if he was a president. You know how like why like isn't Andrew Jackson wasn't a president right? And he's on the was he a president? I don't know. Ben, isn't ben isn't Fra- there somebody who's ben Franklin. on currency ben, that's not Ben Franklin? It's Ben Franklin. There we go. See. This is awesome. Guys, credit cards exist. Debit cards exist, awesome. okay? Come on. Apple Pay. Come on. Um, so the bonus. boomers over yeah. here. 24 <laughs> points, 21 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 blocks. I know you were talking about Jason Ross's numbers that he put yeah. out there. We have an 82-game sample size of Sabonis now. Pretty remarkable stuff. 19 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, 68 double-doubles, 11 triple-doubles, 5 2020 games, 2 Western Conference Players of the Week, and an All-Star appearance. Oh, by the way, the Kings are 46-36 and 36 in those 82 games. What 
what is maybe surprised you about Sabonis? Like maybe is there something that you didn't realize he was capable of based on what he did to Indiana compared to now? I think watching the Kings fail around the rim, like touch around the rim was such a, a key aspect of what I've seen from him because we just watched Marvin Bagley for years do those little half hooks around the rim and those little little touch shots by, around the rim. And I think Chris and I talk about it a lot. Costa Kufis, you know, oh. he'd make them sometimes, but they weren't always following. And not to give Costa straight. No. I love what Costa brought to the Kings. But point is, he has such a knack for, for knocking down those little five, seven-footers around the rim, and he has that reach over those centers. Like last night, Claxton's not a slouch defensively. I mean, Brooklyn, I think, is one of the leading teams in the league in blocks per mm-hmm. game. I think they're number one in blocks per game. Yeah. And Sabonis just made him look silly. I mean, it's not just even the Nets either. It's every single night. Sabonis' efficiency around the rim, I think he's shooting over 60% from the field, and he's doing it on a high volume. That, to me, isn't something I expected from him. I, th- I think when the Kings acquired him, I expected, okay, a 12-12 and 12 guy. That's great. The Kings need one of those, and that's just not really who he is. He's starting to show that he can be a guy that's literally 20-15-7 a night, which is just out, it's just out of control to me. I think you guys mentioned this on your show, but StatMuse put out that uh, tweet about most 2020 games in a season this season yes, yes. this season four for Sabonis three for Giannis nobody else has more than two and you're exactly uh, right you're exactly right step. Frankie because you see the way that he's putting up all those big numbers consistently I know Deuce asked you what's been the most surprising thing and I think what he's doing everything that you just mentioned on a consistent level too yeah no to me the most impressive thing is and it it seems obvious but his playmaking like I just I knew he could pass the ball for sure but you know just his overall vision and like you could see the way especially like in his I remember in his first couple games you could just see him processing the game and you know just his ability to hold the ball out and you know fake passes and you can just see his his brain almost works like a supercomputer where he's like analyzing people moving around and like that's that's the elite stuff that like you get from LeBron and you get from Jokic and I just didn't think that he was I don't know if he's at that level, but I didn't think he would be anywhere near that level. And I mean, it's we've seen this now for 82 games that he's averaging seven assists per game with this team. Like it's just, it's it's a part of his game, and it's I talked about it earlier today. It never feels like I don't think I've ever watched a Sabonis game with the Kings where I've been like he's doing he's forcing his shot too much. I feel like he's really trying too much to get himself going. It's always been, if anything, the opposite of like be aggressive, be more yeah. aggressive, like look out for you more. But it's just it's it's who he is as a player. He just naturally likes to get others involved, and that's that's just the part that I didn't I didn't know he would be such a great connector. Is he the best passing Kings big of all time? I mean, I know it's just a season, season and a half, but is he on that trajectory to become? I know Vladi is best his passing passes. Big? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's up there because he. I think he can make so many passes and. How many times do you see him go grab a board and go out and push? And with so much confidence, right? Yeah, I and mean, everyone has confidence behind him. Yeah, I mean, so he I mean, he does on a regular basis. Where like Weber was definitely a skilled passer for sure, but you know, he's like a high post guy, yeah. kind of deliberate pace. Mm-hmm. So bonus can do a little bit of everything. He's playing point he's playing point guard. I mean, he's yeah. really at sometimes like oh, he's he's the he's a point guard. He's bringing he's literally setting it up everybody else. We got the Kings Roundtable right now with Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, Chris Watkins, and Frankie Cardicelli. We'll talk some more Sabonis coming up. And I'm curious from you guys in the chat, hit us up. What were you doing in 2006, the last time the Kings had a winning record? You can also hit us up at 339-1140-1800-920-1140. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports 1140 and sacktownsports.com. 
live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. You know, this organization, the Kings, not exactly known for winning, right? No, uh, 10 playoff appearances in 38 years, going to be 11. Coming into this season, just eight winning seasons in 38 seasons. Now nine after last night. I put this out right before we took that one-minute break. Uh, what were you doing back in 2006? A fast break pod in the chat says, I was still in the womb. Oh. Wow. Well, that's a long time ago. Oh, man. Because they're alive and they can type that in the chat. Remick says, I uh, left for the military in August 2006 and the Kings haven't been to the playoffs since. Wow. Uh, Scott lets us know that in 2006, he was making babies. My son was born in July 2007. There you go, Scott. All right. All right. Good for you. Yeah. What were you doing, Frank? How old were you, Frankie? Like, I was also let me guess, babies. nine, ten? I was in sixth grade. I was uh, eleven. <laughs> Do you have memories of Pete Kings at all, or is it kind of fuzzy? I think what I attribute like to becoming a sports fan was watching those early two thousands mm. teams, and that was the first time I like got to realize what loss, like, lo- like, the, like, oh, you, you lost. Like, there's no game tomorrow because I didn't understand that when Aww. I was like five, six. I'm like, they play tomorrow though, right? Did you cry? I cried. I cried in oh. two thousand two. Yeah, because I, I was like, I don't get to watch them anymore, and. Uh, so that was my sort of liking sports. So yeah, I, I I do remember them, and I remember the pain of them losing to the Mavericks and Weber getting hurt. I remember Nick Van Exel just shredding the Kings, and I think it was Game Six or Seven. I think it was Game that Seven. Whole series actually. Nick yeah. Van Exel shredded them. So yeah, I definitely remember. I watched that. I watched that series. I'll for, never forget that series went Game se- to Seven yeah. after Weber went down in Game Two. I was like thirteen at Player Sports Bar watching the game by myself for some reason. They let, <laughs> they let you in. That's yeah, what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I they, I, I just yeah. went to the watch by myself because no one around me was really into it. I mean, friends, but you know, they're not gonna let go to the player. I like to be at a sports bar because yeah. it was around fans, and I remember someone paying for my uh, food. Wow, they That's just nice. they felt bad for yeah. this little yeah. kid. They're like, yeah. why, why is this fourteen year old here buying your parents? They weren't. They were doing drugs and yeah. oh, not okay. around. Okay. <laughs> I mean, my mom was not doing drugs at that moment. No, yeah, there we go. Happy St. Patrick's yeah, Day. Yeah, happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, what about you, Chris? 2006, what do you remember about the last time the Kings had a winning record? I I do remember the uh, Kevin Martin shot, uh, the, his game winner against the Spurs. That's really like, I, I feel like I took a nice little hiatus after that. Where uh, were you at in your life, though? I was in fifth, fifth grade. Fifth, fifth wow. or sixth grade. Uh, yeah, I I don't really know if I was really doing anything. What were you into? Much of anything. Yeah. yeah. What were your hobbies? Did you like, did sports. you like sports? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like sports, you know, that was pretty much it. That's pretty much Pokemon. it. Pokemon. Yeah, just sports, Pokemon. you know, watching sports, playing sports, and uh, not doing homework pretty mm. much was, was the life of a fifth grader. Yeah. Not really very exciting. So. 2006. Yeah, senior in high school for me. Yeah, same, same. I wasn't, um, I was playing a lot of basketball, so like... Why are you laughing? Oh, so I don't even, you know, I remember during that time, just like casually watching as Mm -hmm. a Kings fan, you know, like it wasn't like where when I was in fifth grade, it was religion. And then as I got older and I was just playing all the time, it's like, you know, you're watching your own film, you're. Watching your own film, yeah, is one in the does, film definitely. Yeah. You're, in, you're in the one hundred percent. Are you, you guys? I used to go record my free throw. Like I would go shoot outside my house and um, record on a little camcorder my free throw, so then I could like fix my form. Your form. Yeah. No. Like I was a weirdo. A weirdo. So yeah, that's where I was. You were. And the other thing that's kind of crazy thing about the last <laughs> yeah. last time the Kings had a winning record in two thousand six, 
I was a phone screener at the at the station. station. Whoa! Wow. In, wow. in high school, making yeah. how much? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Zero. I yeah, I yeah nothing. That. <laughs> I did that. I, at that time, I didn't care. I was like, oh my god, I'm here. Yeah. Screening phone calls right now. God. Let's go. It doesn't get better than that. It was actually really fun. That's it was a different time. Yeah. Did you feel oh, like sure. like part of? I, I mean, at that point, it's like you're around. No, you know what? It's funny you say that, but in 2006, this is not 2002, okay? Okay. When everyone's like all fired up. 2006, it was starting to, the noise of, yeah. is it time to get rid of Adelman? Yeah. Whoa. It was not like a positive, like it was positive that they turned it around when they got the Artest trade, but it was kind of like, oh, you're seeing the end come. And that that's why I think this season feels so much more magical too, is like, it's not only the first time they've had a winning season in 17 years. It just—it's one of the most fun teams they've ever had. Like it, you can compare it to those teams in the early 2000s, just from a fun perspective. They share the ball. You've got a guy in Fox that takes over games, mm-hmm. and it's the come up. It's yeah. fun. The surprise factor is a huge part of it. I mean, the fact that none of us saw it, saw this coming, I think, is is a huge part of the enjoyment factor. And yeah, I mean, well, hopefully, just keep the good times going right now. What right? were what was your guys's expectations before? this season like did you did you think like there's a way this team could be in the playoffs or was that just like super unrealistic to you I think the ceiling was that was like okay win the play-in and be the seventh seed was like but, my ceiling but win the play it, like win it play-in. was playing though that was my yeah. ceiling win the win the plan be the seventh seed that wow. was like that was my path my realistic path because when you look at it I mean this is all on paper back in early October yeah the teams in the west it just was overwhelming and all you expected all these teams to be there and some of them are still there, but they're not quite to the level that you expect them to be. And teams yeah. have fallen out. Like Portland is kind of bottoming out right now. And I think winning the seven seed would have been a win in my book, but I would not have expected the team to flirt with 50 wins. No. I mean, everything going right, sure. And things have gone – I don't want to say everything's gone right for the Kings so far, but I mean, everything's kind of gone really well and right for the Kings as far. I mean, they've, they've had all-stars. They've had – Coach of the Year recognition that could be coming up. They've had bench maybe contributions. Two All NBA players. Two All NBA players. <laughs> That's insane. Maybe a Six Man of the Year, Dark Horse, and Malik Monk. They've had all these aspects of of this year's team that coming in, you'd say, okay, well, can can Kevin Herter be impactful in in a expanded role after being in Atlanta, kind of mixing with those guys? Yes, he's been really great. Can Keegan Murray be a positive, even though he's not going to be a star like in Iowa? Can he bring something to the table? Yes. Can De'Aaron Fox take a leap forward? Absolutely. Can Demonis Sabonis show that the Kings didn't? Lose that trade, which everyone thought the Kings for sure got fleeced in. I mean, he might be. In, I mean, he's going to be an All NBA yeah. center. So, I just think that I expect them to be competitive, but this has exceeded my expectations in every way. If you want to hit us up on the Kings roundtable, Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, of course, we got Frankie Cardicelli, who's covering the the team at SacktownSports.com. He's posting stuff left and right, including the latest on Kevin Herter. It sounds like the Kings avoided um, something significant with Kevin Herter. He's going to be day to day with the hamstring issue. And then, of course, we've got Chris Watkins, the host of Chris & Co. That's on before us from 10 to 11. Hit us up in the chat. Also, 339-1140, Check in with Steven. What's up, Steven? How's it going, guys? We are so um, good. What's up, dude? Oh, nothing much, man. So, 2006, man. You guys are on that 2006 hype. So, I'm a group home kid. So, um, I was definitely in the group home in 2006, Damn. for sure. Okay. Uh, we really didn't have much for, like, freedoms and stuff like that. Like, we couldn't, like, watch TV or anything like that. But uh, the one thing that we did do, I was, God, 2006, I was a junior in high school. Um, and we were pretty much the Kings were the only thing that we got to, like, watch. Wow. Kings and, like, 
49ers and stuff like that. So if we wanted to watch TV or anything like that, we'd all sit down, we'd get in the, in the living room because there was 42 kids, six kids, a house, seven houses. So what? like uh, in all of our, in all of our, uh, in, in my house specifically, uh, I was one of six kids. So we'd all like pile into the living room and uh, we'd all just sit down and watch Kings, man. And, and that was like the one thing that like, got me through you know what i'm saying uh, it was wow. like two, two and a half years of like suck and uh really wasn't a good time in my life but hey not to get too deep on it but i learned a lot and i became a better person at the end of the day which is exceptional which is like which was let's the give it up Steve. Yes, sir. Right. thank you i appreciate it i'm, I'm 30 i'm 34 years old man you know i'm about to be 35 here so you know it's been a long time but still dude the king's that was the last time. That was, that was 2006 for me, man. I was listening to E-40s, my ghetto report card. <laughs> hey, tell me when to go, man. To this to day. Like, whenever I had a chance like that, I slapped the crap out of that album. We yeah. all did. And, yeah. man, anyway, let's go pardon stupid. my language. Pardon yeah. my All right, man. But, yeah. Thanks, thanks man. I appreciate you appreciate sharing it. that. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, man. That's a great album. That was awesome. That, Jesus Christ. I mean, shake them. I ain't got none. I'm playing I didn't take that song. from his story. I was taking oh. more of um, <laughs> the group home being, yeah, the you group know, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and then how this watching the Sacramento Kings was part of the thing that could actually help him get through. And it's yeah. it's crazy because you do think about this Kings community through so many awful years, and how the only thing that made it worth it was truly just like everyone having each other and being miserable mm-hmm. together. Right. So there was controversy on what Morgan said earlier. Yes, at that okay. point. The, yeah, the King's right. score last night was 101.96. She mentioned that they held him under 100, but she said 99 points. All right, so here it is. We're going to be really bad at this. At least we can, you know, put forth all of our effort into this and this. And they held them to 96 points last night as well. I'm wow. not acting like... Proof is in the pudding. So, I mean, I think you misremembered. <laughs> you are... I don't a know why one. you would choose That's now tough. to have her back. That's tough because he's yeah. the best, and we're the best together. What do you mean have her back? That was the audio. Yeah. So shut up, Deuce. How about you listen a little harder? Huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Good point. My bad. <laughs> Must have been the headphones. Yeah. yeah. My bad. He even apologizes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not reading this. Stop. Well, this isn't. Stop this it. isn't real. Whatever you're about Stop. to read is not real. Don't, I don't. like engaging with the chat, Frankie. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> oh gosh. David says. Have Franklin's mom call in and say what she was doing, I emoji. She was teaching kindergarten. What? I don't With know. The I emoji. She that, teaching, she's teaching kindergarten. That's David B., not Deuce Mason. All right. Well, I, coming up next, I want to get more into Sabonis' impact on this team. Because the receipts are coming out, as you mentioned, Chris. Mm-hmm. I think we need to acknowledge a little more mm-hmm. what transpired Let's talk more about Sabonis. It's Juice and Mo. It's the Kings Roundtable on Sacktown Sports, 1140 sacktownsports.com. I'm Chris Rilot with your Sacktown Sports headlines. Last night, the Sacramento Kings clinched a winning record for the first time since 2006 when they beat the Brooklyn Nets 101-3 to less than 99. Kings big man Demata Sabonis had a huge night with 24 points, 21 rebounds, and 5 assists. Kings are off today. They'll be back in action tomorrow when they take on the Wizards. You can listen to the game right here on Sacktown Sports. Kings guard Kevin Herter left the game last night in the first quarter with a right hamstring injury. Today, Herter had an MRI, which came back clean, and he will be day-to-day, according to his agent, Mark Bartlestein. For more on the Kings and Kevin Herter's injury, check out our Kings insider, Frankie the Cowboy Cardicelli. Report on SacktownSports.com.
It is 11.30. Time to check out Coastside Medical Clinic, who's dedicated to providing breakthrough remedies for men. And now more with Deuce and Mo. Oh. Tell me when Tell me when to go. Tell me when to go. Tell me when to go. Thought I was so cool in high school listening to this. I mean, you are cool if you're listening to this. No. Jesus Christ had dreads. So shake him. I ain't got none, but I'm planning on growing some. Imagine all the Hebrews this going This feels dumb. offensive. How about you just keep keep going? Give us all the you words, dude. Come on. Every word. Every word of that song. It's a good karaoke song. It's a great it, karaoke I spent song. a lot of my life perfecting an E40 impersonation. Really? Well, Let's hear it. That's cool because E40 Not- is with us now. E40, <laughs> you know, a few years ago you would wear a Warriors hat. Before that, a Kings hat. <laughs> are you are you back to wearing a Kings hat? E40 for shizzle. I don't, I'm trying to think what he would even say because he always he always is like making up noise. words. Say, yeah. as, that's all I should. Yeah, say. How do you feel about the Warriors playoff chances? Ooh. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, Jay Z is your top one, though. Yeah, Jay Z is yeah, like. The have Jay-Z. you done the? Oh, you done Jay-Z, the Jay-Z I mean, it was it tough watching the Nets? Are your Brooklyn Nets lose? Yo, <laughs> it was it was incredible. Yo, what about Kessler Edwards, man? Yo, it's really sad that we lost him. He was a good value piece. Young. This is it's the incredible. Best thing that- I told you, yo. <laughs> B. Why, why are you whining? That's just how he talks. You know? I, feel like I can sometimes slow it down, and he kind of talks like this a little bit. You know? He sounds like he's a little pain yeah, right now. He's, like, he's kind of got a you know little little thing going Chris, on. He listens to Lemonade. He's passing some kidney stones. Why are you doing every show Yo. in your Jay-Z voice? Yeah, yeah. You can just be Jay-Z. I should have for like when we played. Yeah, we could just played imagine? Brooklyn. It would have been perfect. Can you imagine Chris and Co. Is Chris doing a it's, show talking to Jay-Z and E-40? Back and forth. Just, yeah, like, that would take some skill, yeah, dude. Some, uh, yeah, what was that M. Night Shop split? Like I just have like four different personalities yeah. and I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, Jay, how did you think about the uh, Brooklyn Nets last night? Oh, it was God. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> what a performance. Oh. It's, wow. Amazing. Yeah. Sabonis. What about Sabonis, Jay-Z? Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> you got to dig that. You, did yeah. you reset? Did you reset uh, yeah, back to Chris Walkins? Yeah. Sorry, I'm here. All right. Oh, well, Chris sorry. is here. You're not talking to me. Character. Sorry. sorry yeah. <sighs> Deuce Mason. I got to put my hat like all the way over to the side. It's Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, Frankie Cardicelli, Chris Watkins, little Kings roundtable time. Coming up at noon, we got the Kings film room with our guy Skyler. Shite's in the building. A lot of people don't know that's his name because everyone calls him KFR. Yeah. Uh, but he's going to be joining KFR. us at noon. Yeah. Um, I want to talk more about Sabonis. Uh, I love what Mike Brown had to say about him after the game. Yeah, it was really cool. So yeah. let me uh, turn this over. So yeah. I don't know if Domas, I don't know if he knows another way. He's got, I think he, he's, got, he's got one gear, and it's, it's the highest gear. And, you know, I said the story before. You know, he was just playing so hard. He didn't realize how much time was on the clock and, you know, on the game clock. And, and I sent maybe Mezzi to the scorer's table to to, to, to uh, substitute him just so he could get his break. And he had just turned the ball over. And he dropped his head and he, he came to me and he stopped. He goes, Coach, sorry. sorry. And, and, and I was like, Thomas, you play too hard. I can't, I can't get mad at you. <laughs> you know, go, go see, you're supposed to come out. Look, look at the clock. You're just supposed to get a rest. Now. You're good. Don't worry about it. You know, because he does. He, he he sets the tone for us uh, with his physicality, and uh, <clears throat> he was great tonight because 
you know, we keep, we stay on him about it, but he's got to continue to do play as hard as he does, play as physical as he does, but do it while showing his hands so that he doesn't get in early foul trouble. Yeah, that's hilarious that Brown was like just taking him out for a rest, and he thought because he had a turnover, <laughs> like my bad coach. Just, no, it's your normal time. And what Brown said is exactly right, and this is why I respect Sabonis so much. Uh, pre him coming to the Kings, it was like, oh, his defense is so bad. I think he was playing out of position in Indiana. Of course, they had him at the four, Turner at the five. Sabonis plays hard all the time. Whenever you watch a game, hey, Sabonis is just not bringing it effort-wise. And your best player, one of your best players, bringing that to the table every single night, especially with how much he gets beat up, all the attention he receives, everything that he shoulders – He's been a franchise-altering addition for this team. Yeah, he loves physicality, and that's yeah. that's really the thing that is it's not common in the NBA. And so, with a guy with his size, it's it's a huge advantage, and I think he knows that. And it's it's the reason why he plays so hard is is that's that's where his advantage over everybody. Everybody, he can't jump higher than probably you or I, but he's he knows that he can be more physical. He's stronger than a lot of guys, and he's used that for his entire career to just kind of carve out the game that he's got. But um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're never going to get an issue with Domas and, and playing too hard as is evident by the fact that he's been playing for what is this half the season with a broken thumb. And uh, you know, he's still diving on the floor. He's still sticking that right hand into passing lanes and into, you know, getting steals and stuff and breaking up fights between two giant humans. That, like he's with just, that hand. It doesn't matter. There. Yeah. He's just, he's giving a hundred percent effort in everything he does. Well, I mean, how cool is it to see your best player, one of your best players diving on the floor? And he's a big, yeah. by the way, diving on the floor for a loose ball. We've seen that multiple times this season. And I just think, I know we shouldn't just shower him with love for things he should do or all players should do at any position. But at the same time, when you reach a certain, a certain tier of, of NBA basketball player, um, there's just certain things that you don't see guys do because they, they are worth so much money. They don't want to get hurt where that's not in his mind. His mind is to play basketball and play it to the best of his ability. He wants to win. I mean, I think that's like yes. the thing. I love seeing players that are out there, and that's something you see in March Madness. You can tell that they're hanging on every single play, and they're just going full tilt. And I feel that way with Demonte Bones. I feel like he's never, like we talked about, like mailing it in. Like he's or he's never just kind of like uh, not fully engaged. He's engaged on every single play, playing his ass off, taking a beating in the paint. I mean, he's even last night just seeing how you have to laugh about how many yeah. hits he takes to the face. There's like a joke about you know, drink every time Demonis Sabonis gets hit in the face. Well, right. I mean, that, that's a dangerous game, yeah, yeah. dangerous game to play. Dangerous game to play. Dangerous game to play. And I just think that when you look at all those things he brings to the table, you know, obviously we talked about his touch around the rim, that efficiency, his playmaking, he's the best rebounder in the league. Um, when you add in the fact that the intensity is always there and, and the will to win, which is so important for a team that's trying to prove pe- people wrong, and now we're getting closer to playoff time and the conversation is, sh- is shifting from Kings are a feel-good story to can they last in the playoffs. Mm. Having a player like mm. that, is what the Kings need to go to the next step. Well, we're going to take a break here. We always stay live at youtube.com slash Sports 1140 You can join us in the chat there, and we could keep this rolling on. But coming up next, we'll tell you how the Kings almost made history last night, and plus an update on Kevin Herter. It's Deuce and Mo Kings Roundtable Edition on Sacktown Sports 1140. Set.
on sports. Yeah, the Kings almost made history last night in that win. Pretty crazy. For 47 minutes and 54 seconds, they didn't allow a single second chance or fast break point. Good stuff from Chris Biederman in the B. He says, it would have been the first time since October 30th, 2015, that a team had not allowed points in either category throughout an entire game. But with 5.1 seconds left, Cam Johnson decided to have a meaningless basket. (laughs) uh, And the official score ruled that it was a fast break basket, ruining the statistical oddity, as Chris Biederman wrote. What a... Disappointing. Trash. Yeah. Enemy in Sacramento. So screw Cam Johnson, but also... The official score. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Really, what a stat, though. I mean, you know, whether that... You watch that game, they were battling on the boards, you know, obviously making it a point of emphasis, whatever, but then stopping them in the fast break, not allowing a team to beat you, not only... I mean, they weren't shooting well, but to not be able to... To not allow them to beat you in a fast break, too, it was just like one of those games where everything was going their way and they capitalized on it. Yeah, I, I think it just points to the attention of de- attention to detail last night in a game that really needed it in a in a game where your offense isn't going, you only end up winning by five or whatever five points. Like that's two threes ends your game. You know, if you if you allow you know somebody to hit a three on a fast break yeah. and a second chance three, that changes the result of the game. So in a game where where the margins are that slim for them to have that kind of attention to detail is exactly what you need when uh, when something else that you normally rely on isn't working like their, like their offense last night. It was a gritty performance. It really yeah, was. Yeah. I mean, to do that on the second night of a back-to-back, it's pretty, and the shot's not falling. Right. It would have been easy. And, and De'Aaron wasn't there, you know, yeah. Yeah, what I, was he, like 5 of 18, I yeah, think it was? Yeah, 5 of 16. Speaking of Herder, the Kings just released a official medical update. Oh, okay. And there are – do you want to read it? Do you want me to no, read it? No, please. Well, it, it, these are words that uh, – they're medical <laughs> words. words. So, Ooh, uh, no, you have to try. Okay, yep. all right. My grandpa was a doctor. Let me get a shot. That should matter. Uh, Sacramento Kings guard Kevin Herter underwent MRI imaging on Friday, March 17th. MRI imaging revealed a mild strain of the popliteus muscle. Nice. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Probably not. And no hamstring injury. The injury was hey. sustained during the first quarter of Thursday's game versus Brooklyn. Herter is expected to be day-to-day and will be listed as questionable you're not, for you're tomorrow's not, game. Just, wow. Are you serious? No hamstring injury. What, what's a popliteus? You, you popliteus fr- muscle. You guys aren't familiar with that? No, no, no. What is it? All right. Well, I'm trying to find the Dr. best Deuce. way to... Dumb it down for us. Yeah. Dumb so it down guys... for us. You know, it you looks like you're it. reading something. Oh, you're reading something? It looks like you don't even know how to read it. <laughs> yeah. It's like you might need some glasses <laughs> there, figure, too. Yeah, you know, something. honestly, I think like, like, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to find the way to pronounce it properly. Well, hold on. Popliteus? Pop Pop-lidus. Pop-lidus. <laughs> Pop-lidus. No, it's not. We're not speaking a different language. No, that's why you said Dude, it. Do it one more time. Pop-lidus. No. Pop-lidus. Pop-lidus. I don't think this is helping. Think... Yeah. Um, okay, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Let's wow. find out. Let's see what, no what hamstring, it is. though. No hamstring. It's either. a triangular shaped muscle that's found deep, deep. Uh, at the back of the knee. Oh, just oh. below the joints. Uh, often overlooked, it plays a Im- very important role in knee function, both unlocking <sighs> the knee and as it bends and protecting the lateral meniscus. So that makes more sense because when he went down, yeah, it was a weird. Fall. He did grab like near the his back knee. of his knee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, initially, it was a hamstring, but the MRI came back clear. That's pretty wild, day to day. I would say this: have him sit That's next I game. Said. Like I, just, I said, he to, should just. Ret- Return after the when they come back home. I'm cool with that. Have yeah. him fresh for the back to back against Boston, in my opinion. That's just why I look at. Don't push it. 
I like that. I don't know anything about this papletus muscle. That sounds a lot better. I know that uh, hamstrings are definitely like really (laughs) tough, and I don't know how tough this is. This is comparable. I don't know, not a doctor, but I know that for sure. uh, A hamstring injury was that was scary. First of all, when you see what happens with some players that are dealing with hamstring injuries, yeah, takes. I mean, he may not might not come back this year. So, Uh, well, Mike Brown was asked about who might replace Herder in the lineup if Herder misses time. TD could start. Shoot, we feel like we could start Kessler. Uh, if we need to, we could start Trey. Uh, you know, I mean, we're going to bring uh, uh, Keon probably up. I may even throw him out there. So it's a great time for us to experiment a little bit with different guys in different positions. If, if he can't go, we'll see, uh, you know, after he gets evaluated. But, uh, you know, again, it's a tough situation to be in to have him get hurt. But, at the end of the day, it's just next man up, and we just got to keep trying to figure it out collectively. So one name you did not hear was Malik Monk. Yeah. And it seems like Malik is just – his role is he's coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. They like him running that second unit. They like what he brings. Are you surprised by that? Like, why wouldn't you just look at having Monk start a game? I mean, it's kind of what Mike's done all year. I think Kevin's missed like three three or so games this year before, and in all those situations, TD has gotten the start, and, and Mike has pointed to he just thinks that Malik's comfortable with that role, and he, he knows what he is in that role, and, and that's, you know, they – they just Malik knows what to expect from that role, and they need him to fill that six man role when when uh, when you know when Fox is off the bench. They need somebody to be that secondary ball handler. So yeah, I'm not I'm not really surprised. I am surprised that uh, that he did mention Keon, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ke- I feel like Kessler might I think be Kessler a good good option good. to get the start. Go with Kessler. A few reasons. Keon love Keon. Stockton Kings are going to need him for this little playoff run, so don't mess with that. Okay, yeah. like Honestly. don't mess that up for us. Yeah, they already call. clinched the spot. Man. I know, but for but like truly, what he adds to that team, it's because and that's why Mike Brown is mentioning him because he has leveled up his game mm-hmm. as well. But yes, if we're going back to the other names. Um, you see the way that he believes more and more in Kessler Edwards. And I think Kessler Edwards, I was saying this to Deuce last night about it's only been a little over a month that he's been with this squad. He wasn't even playing much this last year with the Nets because of all the guys that they had on the squad. But the year that he was seeing a little bit more time, you saw um, flashes of, oh, like he's he's definitely capable of playing at this level. So that's why now I think it's just about getting used to playing with his guys and feeling confident in shooting the basketball when he does get the rock, but also trying mm-hmm. to like build that chemistry as they keep going. Yeah. I want to keep it moving. I mean, he, we've seen so many positives from him over the past couple of games. And mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at the fact that he's 22 years old, the Kings have a team option on him for next year. Let's see what you have and, and roll him out there for some real minutes. And the interchangeability of it all too, he can defend the two, the three, the four, uh, he's a six ten, six eleven wingspan. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he crashes the boards like you said. I mean, take advantage of that. And I think this part taking Monk out of the bench can create questions. I think, and Trey Lyles obviously can be an anchor of that, in my opinion too. But having Lyles and Monk together to me has been so effect- like effective for the Kings. And I just would like to keep that that duo together. What is happening, March Madness? March yep. Madness. Sorry, I I saw Chris's reaction, then I remembered Frankie that this was uh, there's three minutes left and it was it's tied. Time. Yeah, and now there's 1.6 seconds left, uh, and it's a one point game, I believe. Yep. Xavier, looks Ken- like is this Kennesaw <gasps> Look at that State block? Yeah, that was what's that their mascot? Been win. Can you guess their mascot? No. Wait, which team? Kennesaw State. Oh, um, I'm gonna. I have no idea. You don't know who it is? An owl. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I thought that was a pigeon. Are you sure? Ooh, ooh. 
No, oh, it needs um, more like tongue. Yeah. The one thing I was going to mention that. real fast too was, you know, we're talking about Kessler. Is there some value in just putting TD in there? He did start the second half oh, last yeah. night and try to get his confidence up, get it going. I think so. I mean, there's, yeah, like you're saying, there's there's nothing wrong with trying to get TD involved. And, in, you know, I think TD's a guy who at points this season felt like he could potentially be in a playoff rotation. So, yeah, I, I don't see why you, you couldn't see if, if you can, yeah, get TD going, get him in a little rhythm because he hasn't really played too he's much. He's a wild card. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's like the King's wild card. Wild he he card can be indeed. really, really great or he can be really bad. Mm-hmm. There's usually not much in between, but he's X someone who factor. can – Run into a heater. We've seen him do it before. And also another player who may or may not be here next year. He's on an expiring deal. True. You got to use him. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I appreciate you guys hanging out this hour. We have how much time is left in this game? 2.6. 2. 6. Who's ball? 6. It is uh, Zagers. They're foul. They're going to be shooting free throws. I think the game is and, about. And they're down? down? They're winning. They're, they're winning. winning. Oh. Uh, you can always trust a college I think player it's, at yeah, the right. line, right? I think it's one and one as well. Oh, let's see. One yeah, one no, it's two. Oh. It's two. Okay, okay, but still, still they got two. Let's see if there's to... like a magic March hey, Madness. Let's moment. stop like putting that in the air of like that might possibly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christopher Laud may or may not have Xavier. Xavier winning it all. Oh. <laughs> so. Okay, I'm rooting for uh, the Owls. Well, no, no timeouts for Kansas State. <laughs> we were like on the same team like just 30 minutes oh, ago, yeah. Morgan. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go, Xavier. There we go. Free right. throws. Okay. 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 Uh, 70 67. We got a timeout. timeout. Ah, right. We got to take uh, a break. Here. Coming up next, we hop in the film room. Our guy, KFR Kings Film Room, a.k.a. Skyler Scheidt, joins us. Coming up next Legend. on Sacktown Sports 1140. Deuce and Mo on your local sports leader. Set Town Sports. Oh, we are celebrating today. It is a Friday. That's great. St. Patrick's Day check. Okay. I dig all that. But also Morgan Reagan. Yeah. The Kings have 42 wins on St. Patrick's Day? That's what? insane. Oh my God. They're they're closing in on 50. They've got 13 to go. What a time to be in Sacramento. This team is rolling 10-2 and two after the break. The offense looks beautiful. Crunch time stuff looks great. It's very exciting. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sacktown Sports. Of course, live and local from 6A to 6P. Appreciate you guys checking out the YouTube feed. Just go to youtube.com slash Sports 1140. You can chat with other fans there. And as always, you can hit us up on the phones, 339-1140-1800-920-1140, because we want to know what you were doing the last time the Kings had a winning record in 2006. But without further ado, let's yeah. get to the guy who does incredible content. Talk about someone who has really added to the Kings content game. Skylar Scheid over at Kings Film Room. You can follow him on Patreon. He puts his stuff on YouTube as well. Follow him on Twitter at Sack Film Room. He joins us now. What's up, KFR? Well, thank you for that introduction and... Just what a time, you know, Dude. the Kings have 42 wins. It's March, the best time of the year for basketball. Yeah. And, I, mean, it, I mean, how can you not be having the time of your life right now? It's so fun. And you're you're putting out so many great things for fans and people like us to like, oh, my God, okay. He notices things at a different level. And, you know, I, I subscribe to his Patreon. And literally, he has the whole Kings offensive playbook on there with video examples of what they are doing yeah he puts in amazing work um skyler appreciate you hanging out with us man i you know what i'm curious about because the last time we talked was before the season 
What has jumped out to you big picture wise when it comes to this Kings offense? I know you thought they had the potential to be good, but they're obviously at a different level. Yeah, it's funny because me, when me and Drew were on, we both said that this team has top five, top 10 offense potential. And I went back and I watched some of that. And I remember some of the comments were like, top 10 offense? Are you drunk? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not going to like take a victory lap or nothing, but I got, a, I got a feeling that the Kings will be a top 10 offense this season. The biggest thing to me, I don't even know. I mean, it's everything. I This is more than I could have imagined. It, the the mindset the Kings had really panned out in terms of, you know, building Fox and Sabonis around shooters, and they just filled that up. And I, w- I would say the movement shooting ability has been fully utilized of guys like Kevin Herter and Keegan Murray, and the way the Kings can combo stuff off of them has probably been the biggest beneficiary, beneficiary because it just opens up everything for everybody else because of the shooting gravity of those guys, specifically Kevin Herter. And I think that it's... No mistake that the Kings offense yesterday when Herdrick went out, you know, they only score 101 points in that game, mm. which obviously they were struggling a little bit to start the game anyways. But I think Herder's uh, shooting gravity is probably one of the top three, top two most important things in this offense. Wow. And, and what make what makes him so good with that? I mean, obviously we've seen him go through some of those slumps from deep, but then we see his efficiency um, from two and then his footwork, the way that he moves without the basketball. Uh, I always feel like he's just become such a threat, which opens up so much more. But what is it? What are you seeing? Yeah, he has everything that you look for in a shooter in terms of, like, reading defenders. Everyone basically overplays him at this point and top blocks him. So it opens up a lot of room for backdoors. And we saw in that Milwaukee game, Grayson Allen was top blocking him in the perimeter all game. And in that fourth quarter, he really got going. And it's like, if a big's in drop against him, then even if you're going over the screen, then he's probably still going to be able to get a good look because the big is too far back. And as long as Herder has a clean look at the basket, it doesn't matter if he's moving, if he's off balance, if he's not set. And if you do overplay him and Sabonis has the ball, then it opens up room for a back door. And, you know, this you can't help off of him either. So it helps Sabonis in the post. It helps Fox when he's driving. It just – everybody's ability gets amplified when he's on the court. So we, we got the update about Herder that it sounds like he's day-to-day. He's questionable for the game tomorrow against the Wizards. I'd be surprised if he played in that game. Maybe they hold him out till they get back home. So if the Kings are playing without him, and just what you just mentioned, there's so many things he does for the offense, uh, what can they do without him to try to make sure that this offense stays uh, kind of that high-octane offense? Well, hopefully the defense picks up, and we saw that yesterday in the Brooklyn game. For the offense, I think it just means more – Fox and Sabonis. I, I other guys will pick it up. They just got to hit their shots. But as long as you have Fox and Sabonis, you're probably still a top ten offense, anyways. I'm not really worried about it overall. And you're just going a few games without it. But I think the defense probably has to pick it up. If you can just maintain a top ten offense, I think you're fine. What do you make of uh, Keegan Murray as of late? You know, I think sometimes 
a lot of people want to be really hard on him because we saw such special play efficiency early on in the season. Uh, Chris Watkins brought it up with us the other day, just talking more about, hey, like, is he hitting that college fatigue factor? He's around that number of college games he would have played in a college season. Uh, and then there's because there was a moment where we were seeing him putting the ball on the floor, being aggressive, going to the rim with authority. What, what are you seeing right now in some of these games where he's not scoring? Well, for one, I think defenders are way more – everyone's going over against him now. Earlier in the mm. season, he's a rookie, and you just don't kind of expect to do this like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, he's your power forward. You're not used to going uh, over on screens against those guys. And early in the season, he would get so many clean looks off of those Sabonis handoffs and the give-and-goes where just he has a clean look because the defender will go under because they're not used to that. That's not the case anymore. He's a forty percent three point shooter on high volume, and so we saw a pretty good stretch for like a month where you know he's driving consistently and putting the ball on the floor. And he actually made some pretty nice reads in terms of you know those handoffs as a bonus, those drop off passes, and he would kick out the shooters here and there. And that's what I like to see. And I think we need to see more of that going forward. That's the next part of his game. But I think people just forget that he's a rookie and yeah. he doesn't have the luxury of guys. You know, if he was playing in Houston or one of those, like Detroit, like Mike Brown's mentioning a lot, he doesn't really get to play through his mistakes. If he makes a couple of mistakes, he'll just get taken out. If he's playing in Houston, he'd be allowed to play through that, and it doesn't matter, and he'd be able to grow in that way. But here, there's the Kings are in a playoff push. They're in the second seed in the West. They don't have time to really let him, you know, kind of feel things out. He's got to contribute at a high level, and if he's not doing that, then he just won't play. We're hanging out with King's Film Room. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sack Film Room. Amazing stuff. You should also subscribe to his Patreon because he does – no one is doing what he does nope. from a King's content perspective, and you guys should definitely check it out. Um, I want to get to the defense for a second because you, you are throwing out some video of last night and what you like defensively. I know the numbers overall should the Kings are, you know, whatever, 25th in offense. I don't know if that number's improved after last night. But, you know, in the 20s, uh, excuse me, we're talking about defense, uh, the 20s defensively. Um, is this defense better than the numbers suggest? Because some people feel that way. I know Zach Lowe's mentioned that. I think it is, and everyone points to fourth quarter numbers, and I think that is a good indicator. And also, when it when it comes to, you know, where they're funneling players, they really get them to the right spots. And the expected shooting percentage is way higher than the actual shooting – is way lower, I guess, than the actual shooting percentage because teams do shoot a little bit higher than they should against the Kings. So I think the defense is a little better. It's I think it's 25th as of uh, this morning. I would say it's probably actually like 20th. But I do like the activity of the defense. And when it comes to the scheme and the effort of the players, I think it is there. Uh, the only faults really lie with the limitations. Like these guys, you don't have a true rim protector. Sabonis is not a bad defender, but he's not a rim protector. So that's always going to make it more difficult to stop guys in the paint. And the the only main concern I have with the defense is the closeouts. And any long closeouts, guys get beat basically 100% of the time. And I pointed it out yesterday, but guy, the these guys really do a good job of recovering and switching off and scrambling whenever guys do get beat. So the activity's there, and I have no problem with that. And, you know, they, they do the best that they can with who they have on the roster. Yeah, I feel like it could be more of a personnel thing. And that 
Why do you think they close out so hard on guys sometimes on the perimeter? Like, we're talking about even, like, guys who are not known for their three-point shooting. I don't even know, to be honest. Yeah. That, that confused me. I remember seeing a couple times against Westbrook where they're closing right. out like he's Ray Allen. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. I, I I know that Mike Brown's definitely addressing that stuff. So, I mean, it, it just doesn't add up. And I'm not going to, like, try to like, point out and – single these guys out but sure the guys that really struggle like kevin herter uh, fox fox is a much better defender this year but he still has his lapses where you know he has weaker closeouts uh, kevin herter harrison barnes keegan has been getting better over the course of the season and malik monk has struggled as of late i think in that regard and it, it's just hard when you don't have if you get beat on those closeouts and you don't have a rim protector it makes it hard your defense you know we're we're seeing a lot more zone defenses in mm. the NBA. And you broke down uh, a 2-3 zone defense that the Kings had against the Bulls the other night. And it was a great defensive possession um, with the way that they were moving around, closing out. Everything just seemed like it was on a string. Everyone understood what their role was in that zone. Uh, what to you going forward, do the Kings need to do to make sure that they can execute things in a zone? And how much do you like the Kings in a zone? It's crazy how much better they got the zone because early in the season, I remember Mike Brown tried it a few times and the results were awful every single time. It, w- it was pretty bad. And the King, Mike Brown's gone to his zone at least a little bit of possessions every game, I feel like, in the past week or a couple weeks. And it's just been so much better. The biggest thing, I think, is communication. And it's also a bit of a matchup zone, so it's not a complete zone. You know, guys are matching up with the guy that's in their zone. And then they also transition to a man after uh, the play breaks down or the other team beats it. Like, every time I tracked in the Bulls game, the Bulls did a really good job of beating the zone. They would get it to the middle, to the short corner, where you need to to beat the zone. But then the Kings would match up afterwards and they would make that transition to zone to man flawlessly. So I do like the Kings going to it. And especially with the personnel they have, that makes it, you know, difficult to really maintain a like rim protection in their man offense. I think zone is a way to at least disrupt, disrupt offenses. So I do think that we should see more of it going forward. And we've also, also seen more stuff like Mike Brown is throwing a box in one in there against a couple guys. And I, I love that. I mean, we saw him run it a ton last year with the Warriors. The Warriors ran some crazy stuff last year with Mike Brown as defensive coordinator. So just keep keep throwing those junk defenses and, I mean, just do whatever you can. So when the Kings last had a winning season, it was the 5 6 season. <laughs> they have 42 wins. What were you doing in 2006? I was seven. I, mean, I, I don't know. what I, I don't know. I guess I would have been in, a, what is that, first grade, kindergarten? Man. Yeah. Like so you don't have, like, vivid memories of that time at all. All you remember, really, the Kings being terrible. Yeah, I did go to a game in like 2006. I saw Kings versus Sonics. I don't remember anything about it, but I do remember going to a game. Man. I believe that was the final year of the playoff drought. Yeah, or the yeah of the playoffs. That is wild. So you know you you've been doing this for a minute now. You saw a lot of bad stuff last year. This year, there's been a lot of fun stuff to look at. What's that been like for you when you're just going back and watching games and seeing like the stuff that the Kings are running on offense and how, how different maybe it is from what other teams are doing? I can tell you, I never thought I would see this day that (laughs) 
this offense is this good and yeah. this team is this good. It it just felt it still doesn't feel real at this point. And I mean, I'm going to take full credit because this is my first full year of doing this. <laughs> so I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Kings are, you know, the number one offense of all time. I believe it's still that, but yeah, yeah. I'll take credit for that. And, you know, it, I did my best in that regard. He's taking credit more. You had a vision board. So I mean, I, so you know, you, you know how many of us are going to take credit and I love every ounce of it. And we all should take credit because we've all been a part of this journey for so long, but we obviously, you know, you've been also watching the Kings for a while. And then you saw last year, I felt like you started, started breaking down things more and more. Is it weird that a team could take this type of leap in the NBA without having a big splash name, a big splash, a, a, whatever it is, like a big star player with just having a coach that set a culture and two guys that could be NBA, all NBA players took a leap in their game and it's all happening in one season right in front of our eyes. I keep telling people, and I think I talked about it when Drew came in. I was like, I don't think this 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 growth and this leap and this development happens all the time like this. What what do you what do you see? Yeah, it has to be. I mean, I don't have like the numbers in terms of record turnaround, but this has to be one of the greatest turnarounds that I've ever seen. And it's not just like one year. Like you factor in the past sixteen years. This team was awful. And then the one year that they're good, they're like really good. You know, they're second in the West. They go from basically trash to great overnight. And I mean, beyond basketball, there's got to be one of the more remarkable turnarounds in like sports because I, I just, you don't see this stuff. And anytime you see something like this, they just become the feel good story of the NBA. And so, you know, for the Kings to be like getting actual, you know, media coverage, at least to some degree, it, it just feels surreal. Well, dude, keep creating awesome content, man. We appreciate you hanging out with us. As Drew said, or our mutual friend Drew said, I mean, I'm just glad like Fresno was able to get the infrastructure in place for you to have internet today. So that's like a big deal. You know, because that city, Such a jerk. it's like that city, it, I know it's, 20, nice. it's 2023 here. I think it's like 94 there, right? Don't like, listen to him. Is that fair to say? I will not stand for the disrespect to my city, <laughs> you and Drew. Morgan's in the clear. She did not contribute to the slanderous <laughs> accusations of my city. Well, but just know, just know, I will remember this, Deuce and local guy. Assuming well, you're listening. And let's also acknowledge, though, if you could today and snap your fingers, you'd be like, yeah, I'd just rather be in Sacramento. Oh, my God. No, it's okay. I'd rather be in the greatest city on the planet. Yeah, Sacramento, <laughs> baby. No, Skylar, seriously, keep up the great uh, work. We uh, want everyone to check you out. Of course, everyone pretty much is. But. He's on YouTube, of course, Sack Film Room on Twitter. He has a Patreon as well. Appreciate you hanging out, man. Thanks so much. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. Thank yes, you. Yes, dude. It's a young guy creating content left and right. Does great stuff, and it's cool, man. You you learn something when you watch his his film breakdowns. Yeah, no, it's that's that's what I love about what he does create is that there's nobody on a national level that's going to be breaking down the Kings like he's doing, but sure. the way that he's breaking down the Kings and I mean, if you're an NBA scout and for some reason you want to like a little cheat code, a little sprinkle of something else, you might as well sign on to his Patreon because you're going to get so many great little nuggets about the Kings. And one thing we need to talk about. So you remember we were talking about Dylan Brooks yesterday and when he like shoved the camera. Yeah. 
He got fined $35,000. That's it? That. That's what I said. Like you, you, I thought that you was maybe a suspension. Like you put physically abuse. Did someone. you say like the the camera guy hurt his shoulder? So I thought I hurt and I couldn't find okay, it. Well, so that's why I don't want to like. Either way, you you shove a camera guy out of nowhere. You get thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah, Fine, that's it. Yeah, that's a one game suspension based on a couple of things: track record, track record. You do this sure. all the time on the court, and two, it's to a guy that's just doing his job covering the game. Yeah, no, it's, well, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, whether you want to call it a bystander, like if this was a fan, what are you, what are you doing to Dylan Brooks? If it was a fan. So like, are you treating a camera operator lesser than a fan? Because Deuce, you know, if it was a fan, it would be worse. That's a good point. Thank you. You pushed a fan like that? Like, let's humanize everyone. Everyone. I'm just so sick of the Grizzlies. Also, it sounds like speaking of the Grizzlies, John Morant scheduled to come back Monday, apparently. And it sounds like Luca could be back for that game as well because Luca's been out due oh. to injury. So yeah. both those teams obviously need something. Kings take on the Wizards. Okay, coming up. Do you remember what happened last time the Kings played the Wizards? By the way, no, I don't remember. Exactly, you we don't all try to forget. What yeah. happened? They were down by thirty at home to the Wizards. He, this year? Yes, they lost one twenty-five, one eleven. Why don't I remember? <laughs> Because we got to block it out. The Wizards had 70 points in the paint that game. And after, oh, Kuzma I was talking remember. about the defense a lot. He's like, yeah, we just knew they were weak defensively, so we knew how to attack them. I do, the 70 points in the paint is what? Because yeah. isn't that the number that was like it was outrageous. triggering yep. after the game in the postgame? Yeah, no, um, that's this why This has to be a revenge game. Also, with the Kevin Herter stuff, I just don't risk it at all. Until like, you're back home. Yeah, I mean, if he's dealing with something, there's no point. You're in a good spot right now. You have the depth. Yeah. Let him heal up. You're going to need him down the road. The last thing you want is him in the Wizards game, like re-aggravating it, and then he's out. Well, and I love what KFR had to say about Kevin Herter and what he does add to the offense, you know, no matter what, whether he's making shots or creating something, he means so much to this Kings offense just as a threat. And so I... I understand the loss of Kevin Herter sucks, but also it always gives that other person, that next person to step up. It, it's, if you were, if someone, knock on wood, was to go down before the postseason, in the postseason, you want to make sure everyone's just ready and understands the system and is fresh, ready to go. A cool moment happened in Sacramento yesterday. What? So Princeton, number 15, beat number two Arizona. Yes. Of course, Pete Carrill, the late Kings assistant coach who was at Princeton for years. Part of the Princeton, he, he came up with the Princeton offense. Yeah. The Kings used forever. It's still used today. Uh, what was really cool is not only did they win the game, but after the game, players and coaches were talking about why they wanted to win that game. We felt it a little bit. We talked about it at halftime, too. It came up um, just do it for Kirill. That's why we're that patch. Because every time we go out there, we're playing for Kirill. He's always with us. Um, every day, coach talks about him, like how he would like how he would coach his team, like everything he'd do to contribute to winning environment, and that just stuck with us. Yeah, really special. You know, he means so much to the program, to the world of basketball. Um, and, you know, like you said, there's a connection here to Sacramento, and you know, we're really happy that we could do it. And, and um, you know, you know, like all season we've been wearing the patch, you know, playing for him. So it's really special. Did you feel like he was with you tonight? <laughs> yeah, I think he certainly was. Um, and, you know, coach, coach says he'd be proud of the group. And, uh, you know, it's a great feeling to, to honor him that way. 
There's audio there from Sean Cunningham at Fox 40. That's cool. Didn't like that question, though. Do you think he was there with you? Oh, was that Sean, like, trying to push it on As him? if, like, Ghost Pete. No, but, like, some people are, like, religious know, and stuff. I, know. I don't uh, know. But I thought it was cool hearing players go, yeah, we'll do it for Pete. Yeah, yeah. Pete Carrill, who was such an important figure to basketball, and just the fact, like, it's kind of poetic, right? Like, mm-hmm. he just passed away. They've got the patches on their jerseys. They're playing in Sacramento, where obviously he has a connection with, mm-hmm. and they upset Arizona. It just shows, I mean, what a basketball icon he really was at so many different levels. And I think when you can accomplish greatness at different levels in this sport, um, it just it tells a lot about you and, and the impact that you made on the entire game. And you know Monty McNair went to Princeton, too, so he's happy. Oh, yeah. yeah. A, I know he tweeted about, hey, can, hey, Kings, can we launch an orange beam into the sky? No, we can't, Did Monty, he really? Because it's exclusively for the Sacramento How Kings. How dare Mont. he? How dare exactly. he? Also, a couple of notes on brackets I saw this morning. Uh, the March Madness Twitter account posted after Thursday's late games conclude that only 787 brackets out of millions, remain perfect. Uh, the numbers were similar elsewhere. In ESPN's Tournament Challenge bracket game, only 658 perfect brackets remain by the end of the day. More than 20 million had gotten at least one of the 16 games wrong. Only 6.6% picked Princeton to beat Arizona. Um, and Arizona was picked to win it all in 4.9% of the brackets. Oh, my God. Arizona was a popular pick on CBS Sports, too, appearing on 96.9% of brackets to win its opener. So it's pretty crazy what it did. Also, I was still kind of impressed that there were 700-plus people who still had a perfect bracket after yesterday. Yeah, how? Like, well, I guess you say I say how, but there's millions of brackets that are going in. Like, yeah, people but, are filling out multiple, dudes. But there's no one there that did it like... Oh, I think this is no. going to happen. The people who have, per- and that's the thing with brackets. People spend so much time doing this. Even people who think they know. Yeah. You just need to just fill it out. Don't think about it. Yeah. No. You start putting too much thought into it. You're not going to win. Most likely, no, you're not going to win. Like, Chris, you're not a college basketball guy. No. How much time did you spend filling out a bracket this year? 30 seconds. Wow. And you have Xavier winning it all? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's the way to do it. I love it. Because you could spend hours acting like you're... Jay Billis. We love Jay Billis. We've had him on our podcast before. Yes. I believe he either had Arizona, at least in the Final Four. No. That's Jay Billis. He watches the game all the time. Who does? Simone. Simone? Poor Simone. Mm. Mm. Wow. That's rough. You know what I love, too, is that we even say that, like, oh, poor Simone. Like, she really cares so much. Oh, she cared yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, well, no. And that's that's what's funny about all this. It's just, like, a fun little thing where we care for a second because we're like, oh, man, I had them. But, like, Simone, did you, how long did you take on your bracket? Oh, I'm just silly with it, too. Okay, 30 seconds. seconds. Okay, I respect that. Yep. I respect that. All right, coming up next, we'll talk more about the Kings. Look back at last night's win. I feel like we did the big picture. Oh, my God, they won 42 games, but let's, like, dig into last night's Great. game. It's Deuce Mo. This is Sacktown Sports, 1140 and com. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Town Sports. Oh, yeah. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. Appreciate you hanging out with us on a Friday. Sacktown Sports. Always live. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Make sure to check out the YouTube page because it's cool. 
Why? It you is can cool. chat with us. Yeah. Uh, Chewy in the chat was like, hey, are all non-voice employees all under 25? I like that we call people who are on air on a regular basis non-voice employees. I mean, they have voices. No, They're- we were chatting with Kyle during yeah. the break. So Kyle uh, apparently is... <laughs> Sorry, he just, I said his name and he threw his headphones off to like here for a second and made me laugh. He is a podcaster. Oh, yeah. An Say, author. Uh huh. And he's pursuing a stand up uh, comic game. And historian. Historian. Thank historian. you. He does everything. But uh, he did open mic night the other night. Yeah. He's a very interesting guy. What I love is that there was a little sack to sports vibe there because Rami was there, Kyle, yeah. Simone, Chris. It's, a, it's kind of amazing. Like all those people went out and did open mic nights when I kind of was a reason. Why? Why? Why does he well, need to take I mean, credit? If you want to be real about it, it was all because of me. Tell us. I invited everybody out like, hey, let's go watch the Kings game. Yeah. Rami said... Oh, well, I'm thinking about hitting up an open mic, but yeah, maybe like it's an early game. We can make that happen. I said, oh, man, I would love to go to your open mic. I'll I'll definitely hit that up if you want to go. Do you hear that? Yeah, but he, Rami was inspired to do open mic because of me. No. And so and Kyle had no idea that you guys were out. I was like, hey, yeah, you know, they're going out tonight, open mic. And then that's when he went You know out. what makes you awful? I mean, a lot of things, but I can just name one right now. And the one of the things are that whenever someone accomplishes something, you you make sure to tell them, usually to their face, that it's because of you they accomplished it. Actually, Deuce might be onto something because I was able to record just a little bit of Kyle's stand-up the other night. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Daddy Deuce. Yeah, see Got credit for it. I got credit for it. Oh, yeah. You, you, I you am... wanted credit from Nate the other day? Like, what is your issue? Well, what do people call me? Puppet master. The puppet master. You guys are all moving around. I'm just the guy. How are you the puppet master? What is <laughs> So what am I going to do tonight? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Why don't you go hang out old girl for a little bit? Oh, man. <laughs> hit, hit the tables. Like, I didn't think about that at all yeah. until you brought it up. You're welcome. You're oh. welcome. No. <laughs> all right. Uh, last night, the Kings beat the Nets, Morgan. And it, it's weird when you see a team shoot 39%. They were 13-41 and 41 from three, and they escaped with a 101-96 win. And you're like, that was a really good win. Yeah. And it, I feel like all wins seemingly feel good right now because it's like, hey, win number 42, you clinched a winning season. But last night, I loved it. I loved it because we've seen this Kings team score 120, 130, 140, 150, 170 in a game, right? We know they could score the ball. I think sometimes you wonder, all right, what if things aren't going well for you? Like, how are you going to handle life in a game when you're not knocking down your shots and you don't play great defense all the time? Last night... Sabonis was an absolute beast. 24 points, 21 rebounds, five dimes, and four blocks. He was just unbelievable last night. He was the reason why this team was able to get that win because he started from the beginning of the game, right? When, like you said, a lot of things couldn't go down. Domas was like, hey, get on my back. You know, I'll carry all of us and... Um, it'll be great. But he did that on both ends of the floor. And you look at 
the way, like you said, they weren't making shots in the beginning of the game, but they did a great job of getting to the free throw line. Domas got to the free throw line nine times, made eight of nine. Um, the rest of the squad, they were 24 of 32. That's where a lot of their points were coming from when they weren't making their shots. But Domas, on like I said, on both ends of the floor, on the defensive end, was beastly as well. I mean, he was grabbing defensive boards with one hand, just like, get off me. I got this. And like, you see his strength, his timing, his instincts, the way he positions himself. That's why, again, four blocks in a game like this, Nick Claxton, who averages a little over two blocks per game, uh, finished his with his game with two. Oh, let's hear what Mike Brown has to say about that win. I never imagined that I would use that word with this team this year, uh, gritty. Uh, but uh, the guys showed grit definitely tonight. You know, I told him I was proud of him. Um, you know, game wasn't pretty offensively, uh, but I thought we tried to get out and run. I thought we tried to move the ball. You got to give the Nets a lot of credit. They they got long athletes that are six, seven, and bigger, and they just switch a lot of stuff. And sometimes that baits you into playing iso ball, which we did a couple of times tonight. And usually when that happens, we we stall out, and we did at times. But uh, I thought uh, uh, we were just gritty. And, and we found ways to get stops. And like I told our guys, you know, <clears throat> when you look at the schedule, we could have easily just thrown in the, the bag at the beginning of the game after they came out on fire and said, hey, got to our hotel room at 3.30 in the morning and mm. had a game last night. And, you know, Kevin gets hurt early. and But our guys just kept playing. And that, that, was, that was really, really encouraging to see. So, great, great game, great, and, and a lot of grit shown by our guys finding a way finding a way to get a win tonight. Dude, he nailed it. Second half of back-to-back, you get into your hotel room late, yeah. you lose Herter early, uh, the Nets come out knocking down threes immediately, and you're like, we're going to get buried tonight? Second night of a back-to-back, all right, we'll just get ready for Saturday against Washington. It's like, no, we, we're going to play hard, because when your best player or one of your best players, both players actually, Sabonis and Fox, play that hard that goes so far for a team because everyone wants to play that hard. Fox played hard last night. Yeah. He'd have a great night shooting, but he played hard. Sabonis plays hard every single night. And so I just really like the win. I, I, I did. It was, a, it was a fun win. Well, when they were winning, dudes, I you know how I feel about like jinxes and like texting you or anything because I'm just like, no, I don't want to put it down out there, whatever. And that's what I sound like. Uh, eh. And... um. I was thinking when they were beating this squad in the second half, like, wait, how is this game like this? Is this a team that's going to go, like, to the Western Conference Finals? Like, what's happening? You had that feeling kind of for the first time. It just was like they're playing bad, and it's still better than a team that is over 500, Mm. right? That's where – that's – it's those moments to me, this team has shown growth and development – each and every game where it just gives me more and more belief. And why should I count them out when they just keep proving my mindset wrong? Damn. Okay, Morgan. Even Morgan's talking about maybe conference finals. You can hit us up. 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. Something we've been asking today throughout the day is, what were you doing in 2006, the last time that the Kings had a winning season? It's been that long. It's only the ninth time it's happened in a YouTube chat. Um, Epic Air says... In 06, I was losing my house as it was beginning, uh, beginning the crash, the beginning yeah. of the crash. 
Also, the beginning of the end of my marriage, LOL. However, I'm happily remarried with two beautiful children. Dude, wow. talking about some dark times. Wow. But That's, think about how much changes. I know. Every, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. you got to do what makes you happy, people. Well, we'll talk more about that. Love to hear uh, some more about where you guys were at in 2006. Also, is this one of your favorite Kings teams of all time? Love that question. We can talk about that. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. And Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. I think one of my favorite parts about the Kings being super relevant, not only in Sacramento again, but in NBA and the NBA universe, is you got awesome content creators like Sack Film Room, who we had on. Yeah. You got great fans. You got musicians. Hell, you even debuted a song the other night. Oh, yeah. Shut up and light the beam. Shut up and light the beam. And Jay- I mean, you wrote and produced, but go on. I. Why did I do How did I do that? Puppet master. It always goes back to me being the puppet oh master. God. That's true. I, I anyway, um, my guy Amin sent me a song today that yes. I wanted to play. He's a musician, but he's also just a fan. He just wrote this for fun. He's a big Kings fan. He's excited about this year. It's called April Beams, and it's celebrating the fact that the Kings are headed to the playoffs for the first time since 2006. Let's listen to it. April. Keep trying to tell people. May. Don't sleep on them. The curse is going to end. They're going to make the playoffs. Ah! The Sacramento Kings going to break the curse. Kings, Kings going to break the curse. Break, break, break the curse. Break, break, break the curse. Uh, locked in as soon as they blow the whistle. Jump set it off. Everybody know the cost. Do it for the team. Ain't nobody here bossing. One take a loss. Then we all taking losses. No funk, but we ride for each other. For 48 minutes, we gon' die for each other. Ease up, that's a figure of speech. And we'll pass you up if you get caught in the reach. That's tough. Everybody yelling in the clutch. Split you down the middle, I ain't talking about a Dutch. Minutes turn to seconds, know the out, feel the pressure. Six man so loud, scoreboard about the buzz. That's tough. Everybody yelling in the clutch. Split you down the middle, I ain't talking about a Dutch. Minutes turn to seconds, know the out, feel the pressure. Six man so loud, scoreboard about the buzz. April, May, June. Damn. April, May, June. Bang. April, May, June. Bang. April, May, June. Bang. Season there, but we gunning for the P. L-A-Y-O-double-F-B. Season there, but we gunning for the P. L-A-Y-O-double-F-B. April, May, June. Bang. April, May, June. Bang. April, May, June. Bang. April, May, June. Bang. How, dude, how good was that? A mean dropping that today. You know what? I just, I love his work. I think he's so great, so smooth. But my favorite part about that was the beginning of the song. You mean the Mark Spears? Did Mark Spears ever think he was going to be in the beginning of a song? I love that. Keep trying to tell people. May. Don't sleep on them. June. The curse is going to end. They're going to make the playoffs. Yes. I love it, Mark Spears, too. I'll never forget when he said that about the Kings to yeah. start the season. Remember, I, I hit him up after when he was on ESPN. I was like, 
what is he? Why is he dropping this? And I was like, you you don't really believe that, do you? It. And he was like, he was like, yeah. And like, what what's the worst that can happen if I believe that and then it doesn't happen? He's like, you know, if it does happen, then celebrate me. And I'm yeah. like, we're going to celebrate it. you. He totally did. So Amin putting him in that song there. You had Young Zell who does Light the Beam. That was awesome. Yeah. And then, of course, Morgan Reagan with Shut Up and Light the Beam. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. Wow. J.J. Reddick acknowledged you Dude, yesterday. He acknowledged us. It was your tweet. I mean, it's okay. our song. Okay. I just sing it. Like, stop. It, that's, you know, that's not, it takes a village to okay, write and produce just things. Just to be clear, this is not an acceptance speech. You don't have to start thanking people for it. You're, Thank- just, you, you're the one that performed it, okay? Like, it's, it's okay. I, know, I don't like, I don't, anyway, anyway. Um, I showed it to my mom last night. What'd she say? She was like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> wow. That is so was sweet. Was she singing it after? Uh, no. Well, then she didn't really not like that good. Kidding. Love your mom. Um... Another thing I was going to say, so you guys know how we use the fog machine, not only like in that song for dramatic effect and everything, um, but we use the fog machine for our podcast. And I got a message last night yeah, about someone else that has been around a fog machine a lot. So you know how I got that sinus infection and it could have been the fog machine. We're not sure. You were feeling a little sick the other day. Um he was talking about everything. He said, hey, really quick, I don't want to be a vibe crusher, so I'm not writing this publicly. I'm 100% with you about the fog machine and want to warn you about what happens if you do it too much. I'm a wedding DJ, and after three uses of my fog machine, I actually have it in my contract. No use of fog machines. Three for three, I got sick. Upper respiratory infection each time, down for about a week, and that's in large wedding venues. In such a close space like the one that we're in, you got to have those windows open, if nothing else, and maybe just look into fog juice that's deemed to be extra safe. I don't want to kill the fog. I love the party. I just don't want to kill Deuce Mo either. Huh. Oh, I'm. did I offend you with some fog knowledge? Yeah, it's all speculative information. There's it's no not. hard evidence. He is suggesting that maybe that's why he got sick. I don't know about how he eats, his lifestyle. Does he get enough sleep? You can. The list goes on here. He is attributing his illness to a fog machine, and I'm going to go ahead and push back on it. You I'm sound like a politician. Crap. So I will go ahead and shoot that fake fog right in my face. Deuce would be an amazing politician. Oh, my God. So good. So fake. Like, But, you, you no, he would be like the evil one. Like, exactly. No. He would be corrupt. 100%. And he wouldn't even want to do it. He would just be good at doing <laughs> yeah, it. So exactly. Would, <laughs> how would I be corrupt? Oh, because you could you could, if you wanted to, yes. you could be an amazing corrupt politician. I is it, agree. It's because my dad has a like a criminal background. No, it's, just because the way you are. I think I could be a good corrupt politician. You both would be amazing. I could never. I even if I wanted to, I'd be like, oh, but we shouldn't do that because that's not nice. So, you know. Mm. But you guys would be great. I think you guys should definitely. You should do that. So then you can get to the top of the bad things. And then, like, convince all the bad people what to really do. Ooh, you like okay, that? Okay. Yeah. Take yeah. it down from the inside. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a bad idea. I know. Maybe I'll run for office. You're right. I would never Oh, my do God. Right. You would hate your life. Oh. Um. Yeah. I just think it's cool uh, that all these content creators are putting out stuff. And then now we're talking about a fog machine that has, all it has done is brought joy. And someone's trying to rip that joy away from me. And I don't like it. 
No one's trying to rip that joy away from you. No one is. And no one ever will. It's your fog machine. and I will find different fog fluid. Oh, cool. Okay. I'll take it. But it may not be as good or strong, and that's a concern. Well, then we'll go back to toxic fog. Is that cool with you? I don't care. I don't need my sinuses. I love that that wasn't even a thought when I first got the fog machine is like, oh, it could be bad. Small space. Like small space. Yeah. In my head, it was just like, no, it's just a, it's just like fake. It's not smoke. It's not bad for you. This is a guy that literally looked up indoor pyro. So it doesn't surprise me. Look, do anything (laughs) to celebrate this season. All right. I'm not going to start bringing out the fog machine, you know, two years from now, if this team's winning 50 games, I think the fog machine has its place this year. Yeah. No, that's, I think that's. And then then expectations come. Next year's not going to be as fun. No. I'm going to say this, next year, not as fun. And you don't have to look at it in a negative way, but you just have to look at it like, hey, don't have the expectations. You're going to feel all this magical feelings like you're feeling this year. Because this is the, this is the, um. What is it called? The uh, up, uh, the come up, the come up, the rise. This is the rise, and the rise always feels the greatest. And then after that, it's just like, oh, it's like it's like the beginning of a new relationship. You know, when everything they can't do anything wrong, they can't do anything wrong. Everything's so perfect, and then you're in the relationship, and it's still good, but you're just like, oh, okay, like this is good. You got to make sure you you enjoy every step of the journey and celebrate everything. All right, coming up next, where do you think Sabonis ranks amongst Kings bigs of all time? Oh. I know if Frankie was asking about passing bigs. We can hit on that, too. Final hour of the show, but before Cal's and Rami featuring Whitey Gleason today. Ooh. It's coming up at 2. It's Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports, 1140 and com. And Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Whether you're listening on the radio, 1140 AM, 96.1-2 on the HD side. We also have the free Sacktown Sports app you can download, or you can watch us live and chat with us, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's 2023. We have so many ways to listen and watch. SacktownSports.com is a great spot. As Chris mentioned, his update, Frankie Cardicelli crushing it with his Kings content. When something breaks, when something's going on, he'll definitely have it covered. And there's a ton of exclusive content. It's not like any other like radio station website where it's just like, oh, here's some standard story from the AP. (sighs) Yeah, copy and paste. Yeah, yeah. They they actually have like a staff of a digital team here. Going to practices. Chris, um, and of course, Frankie doing amazing work. Yeah. So check it out, sacktownsports.com. Morgan Reagan. Mm-hmm. Before the break, I was asking about Demonis Sabonis. We've been talking about Sabonis a lot today, and it's good because I feel like there's been so much talk recently about Fox, and Fo- uh, Fox has been amazing this year, deserves yeah. all the love. I do feel like the Sabonis stuff kind of gets undersold at times because he does it every single night. Yes. It's like our expectations. It's like, oh, another trip dub. Good. He needed that. And it's like, what? well, no, we, we, we hope that he can do that all the time, but it doesn't make it any less easier. You know, it's, it's a very incredible thing that he's doing on a consistent basis, night after night, half broken thumb, whatever the hell is going on there. You know what I mean? It's just like you look at the things he fights through, the adversity he has fought through in this season, and um, yeah, we got to appreciate it. 
I said that I think he is, for me, a couple months back, I'm like, oh, he's like already a top five favorite king of all time for me. Yeah. Just because I admire how hard he plays. And when you're that good and you play that hard, especially with all the attention he gets, the way he gets beat on. I mean, I'm watching last night Royce O'Neal, to his credit, like this is what you're supposed to do. Royce O'Neal, undersized, probably shouldn't be guarding Sabonis, but they got, they've got like a smaller team. They have to throw different guys at him. Felt like Royce O'Neal was trying to beat the hell out of Sabonis. Oh last yeah, night. and smaller guys always get away with that with bigs. They do. They um, pinch that back fat. And Sabonis just stayed with it, man. He takes a lot of contact, and he's still able to be efficient and effective. Yeah, which is um, it's it's great to see because I think it would be so easy to be taken out of your game when someone is messing with you, and Sabonis does a fantastic job of keeping his head in the game, staying in the game physically. And when you have one of your best players that is doing that, leading by example, right? Like people want to follow and go, oh, well, then I want to be that great. Remember the times when when Davion first came here and we were like, hey, I think his defense will be contagious because it will make everyone else work hard. And I still do believe that with with his ability to play defense at such a high level, especially on-ball defense. But I also think because he's not one of your star or best players, it's not going to be as effective and contagious as you would want it to be as when it is a leader like Domas or Fox. I feel like me with this show, the way oh. I play kind of sets the tone and you want to be great all the time, right? Like that, it's kind of similar in that in that regard. Honestly, I could drive this show if I needed to. Go ahead. We are live! I didn't say do a bad impersonation of me. Hey, in the chat, did you notice this? I saw this picture, maybe I missed it. Zombie head soldiers in the chats. And this is why I love YouTube as well, the random names. So Bonus was doing push-ups and slamming his broken thumb on the floor last night. Am I the only one who saw that? I did see a picture of him. Was he did he did a push-up after falling on the ground last night? If he did, I mean he's, he's psycho. Yeah. Like I wouldn't doubt. Do you know he has another kid on the way too? Yeah. You see that? Yeah. So he's gonna be um a dad of two. He's putting in work. I mean, work everywhere. Think about it though. <laughs> everywhere. That's are you being weird? You're saying like as a dad. Okay, you're just saying like with his kid. Uh, having two kids is a lot of work. Yeah, thank you. I first... I don't know if you know this, Morgan. Oh, are but, you a dad of but two? Kids are a hard thing to do. Well, and that's the thing. I think about like how we saw some of those videos in the beginning of the season. Um, I think it was one of the run videos, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, gotta wake up, and you know, I." I wake up his the kid or whatever, and I feed him and play with him or whatever, and then it goes on and on and on. And you think about these young babies, like, they don't sleep. Like, even if they have a night nurse helping and everything, they're still, like, you have people there you're worried about. You have your child you're worried about. There's just so much more added to your life. And, um, yeah, he's doing it all. Uh, you have any thoughts on this, guys? You can hit us up, 339-1140, Let's check in with Chris. What's up, Chris? Hey, how you guys doing? We're good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. I uh, First off, I, I got to give you guys credit for that uh, uh, shut up and light the beam. I, I, oh, I'm not sure if I was the first one to share it or not, but I I just couldn't look away, you know, and I was listening to it um, after the game, and, and I, I did post on Twitter that it was cringy, but it was so... Like, oh, that was yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, nice. Thanks for sharing it, but, man. Like, yeah, not so much. Like now, I'm like, I'm like, it's not so much cringy anymore. Like my wife doesn't like sports at all, but she was walking around the house singing it yesterday, and my <laughs> my stepdaughter was like, "What are you singing?" She's like, "Oh, this, you know, this 
lady made it, you know, didn't even know who you are. But this lady. That's okay. Remake of this song and, you know, showed her the video and she, like, they both liked it, you know. So I, I just had to lead off with that. Like, it's just, it's. Thank it's, you. It's just an amazing feeling that we, we have. Like, I, I have to, um, yeah, I can't remember who used to do the post-game shows way back, you know, in like the, what, the early 2000s, like 99, 2000. I think I was maybe a freshman in, in high school at that point. But, you know, we were so good. And at the end of the games, I would just listen. But until I fell asleep, I would listen to those post-game shows. And it, it was honestly like – being from Sacramento, you know, I'm a Giants and a 49er fan, but, you know, when the Kings are good, it, there's nothing that makes me happier in sports than when they are good. And that was like the time of my life, you know, going through that, loving those shows um, and, and what you guys bring to Sacramento and just to the Kings fans, it, it revels that, you know, I mean, it, it honestly, it makes me feel that nostalgia that I had way back when, when I was in high school or, you know, middle school listening to these podcasts and these post-game shows where it was, you know, it made me feel like the euphoric feeling. And, you know, I just started listening to you guys probably a third of the way through the season because I, I didn't – I was looking for somebody's podcast after the game. Wow. Um, and Paul Wong um, is one of the uh, – uh, the, the Crown Downtown yeah. you know, members. But he told me about you guys. I just um, – you know, it, it reminds me of those early days. Like, you know, we're winning, obviously, which is great, but – it's so fun to listen to you guys post game when we win or when we lose. Um, and I, I got to give you guys credit. Like you have brought a new found energy to the post game and to the team. Obviously the winning helps, but like you guys are great. And I just, I can't thank say you, enough dude. good things about you guys. Too kind. Okay, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, Chris. Wow. That made me you feel know, really good. I appreciate that, dude. No, man. Like I, I, I'm, I'm being serious. Like it, it honestly makes me feel like, I did when we were that good. And the fact that like my wife, so she, she gets the reason she doesn't like sports too much is because (laughs) the anxiety that (laughs) I bring to the table, like it it rubs off on her and she's like, I just can't take it. You know, like it's just too much for me. But like now she's asking like, Oh, did the Kings win? Like she's getting excited. Are you going to watch your podcast show? Um, So, you know, like slowly, but surely I'm trying to turn her, you know, and I told her, I sent. A, I posted a picture of. I think it was Toronto um, when they had their watch party outside yeah. the arena a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and I texted to her. I said, "Hey, you know, when you know, if we can't afford tickets, you know, to a playoff game, I said this is what we're going to do." And she said, "That is my nightmare." Oh. <laughs> so, you know, baby steps, baby people. steps. Right. You know, but um, no, man, it's um, it's just a great time right now. Um, you know, as you guys said, I think this is the come up. This is, um, you know, the beginning of what could be special. And I was thinking last night about how, and I don't want to get too long winded, but, no, um, good. you know, about how special this is and how short it can be, you know, um, yes. and how you've really, I, I just kind of took it in last night, you know, because you think about it five years from now, who knows what could happen, right? You know, we've seen what happened before, and how quick of a fall we had. And I, I, I just urge Kings fans and everybody who's a new Kings fan to enjoy this and just take it all in because it's, it, you know, 16 years is a long time. And it, it, like you said, Deuce, I think it was last night, you know, you had a tear in your eye. And like that's happened multiple times this year where, you know, I've got a two-year-old son now and I'm trying to raise him on this kind of stuff. And, you know, and um, he just hasn't taken to it yet, but, you know, um, like I want him to be able to enjoy this kind of stuff with me, and it's 
it's an amazing feeling. And I think, like I said, you guys adding the podcast to it, um, it is just doubling up on, on the feel good. So. Well, dude, thank you so much Thanks, for the kind Chris. words, man. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And uh, thank you, man. Chris, wow, too kind, too that, kind. That was a great call, but please don't bring up Paul Wong on the station. Yeah. He's got a big enough head <laughs> as it is, and he doesn't need any more attention. That's a PSA. Yeah, got that. it, I got it. That. That's that's. Um, Wow. A couple of things. Well, number one, thank you for the compliments. Yeah. But, you know, what he, the, the larger point about enjoying the moment yeah. is so true. I mean, that goes with all aspects of life, but this is my favorite part of sports. And it's so true. We've had this conversation before how sports can bring people together. That's, I mean, especially in Sacramento. And,. To be brought together now over something positive yes. is so cool. You can't go anywhere right now in Sacramento without seeing someone in Kings merch, without seeing someone go, I like the paint. Like, people are super into the team. That beam has gotten the Kings even more attention, not only in Sacramento, mm-hmm. but, like, nationwide. It's worldwide. So co- worldwide. Yes. It's awesome. Gina was talking about those guys coming from Argentina and Turkey. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. There's tons of people like internationally and that are just so excited. I mean, there's people even around the United States that are like, oh, I'm flying in for the playoffs. Like, I'm like, I want to be a part of that crowd outside of Doko, whatever. But no, it's, it's so true about like being a part of this journey is so special. And I think like, you know, whenever like he's thanking us or whatever and talking about how we're bringing this up. It's all of us together. I think that's the funnest part about this. Like, I think about anyone that has been a fan and has discussed or created content or done a show and 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 celebrated the kings in one way or an, or another during even the rough times like we've all been in this together and doing it together is what made it so special and that's also what's making this team so special is how they're doing in it together winning together and so yeah it's a special time but that's why it is important to enjoy it now because it just goes away. Mm-hmm. It does go away. Like um, good things don't last forever, and it doesn't mean that things will just be bad all of a sudden. But this special magical feeling, like soak it in because that will not be lasting forever. Yeah, next year at this time, the Kings couldn't have like thirty-eight wins. Be like, they're underachieving, man. What happened with Mike Brown? This is a, you know what I mean? This is where you go, oh, the come up sweet, but the t- winning sweet, enjoy every aspect of it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write down on like, it's almost like a journal. Like I'm going to write down on a few pieces of paper and put it on the back of our podcast. Well, I want to remember these feelings that I'm feeling right now with this team. And I just want to forget it in March, like everything that I'm feeling. And I just want to look back at those times and be like, oh, man, that was so great. Like, I want to appreciate it. I don't want to be like, man, I wasn't I wasn't feeling this bad last year. I wasn't feeling this good last year or whatever. I just want to have it jotted down for myself like a journal. Well, we're on till 2 o'clock. Morgan's going to journal her way Thank you. the rest of the way. Yes, it's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports, 1140 and com. Back in 60 seconds on the radio side. Deuce and Mo on your local sports leader. Set Town Sports. I feel like we're going on a trip down memory lane today because the Kings have clinched a winning season. 42 wins for the first time since 05-06. So it's crazy to think back of all the stuff that's gone down and all that. 
Uh, Chewy in the chest says, when's the interview with the puke guy? Remember last year the guy who puked on the court? We couldn't find him, right? Dude, that's the thing with that. Like, has anyone found that guy? You would think with the power of social media, people would be able to track him down. Yeah. Is I he, feel like people can find anyone. Is he our Bartman? Is he our Barfman? He's Barfman. Yeah, Steve Barfman. Oh, nice. Um, Do the Barfman. Dun, dun, I, I, you know, we would joke about it, and then I, that, you know, then I brought up to Morgan, like, well, what if like that was his breaking point, and he yeah. had to like, go to rehab after? I mean, he did bring you that up. Like, legit, you, the guy puked on the like on an NBA floor, so drunk you throw up on a court during an NBA game. That's pretty. When Deuce brought that up to me, I was like, that is so dark. Do it's we have true, to though, go in that direction? It? Yes. No, it's very true. Or he was like, no, yeah, no, no comment. Yeah. The other thing we're talking about is when the Kings were at their height, it was wild because Vlade and Peja did an autograph signing at Tower Records. <laughs> and I said I was there. Chris was like, oh, I was there too. I was like 13 years old. It's a toy drive. And if you brought a toy, you got an autograph. I, I, I was probably one of the kids that needed a toy. I couldn't. I wasn't donating a toy. I just went for the autograph. Are you sure it was? Oh, maybe. I don't remember. You didn't bring I'll a toy to, either? I'll have to ask was my cousin. My cousin took me. So, the, so maybe he brought like toys for both of yeah. us. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. So I'll the line went around the store, and I was way in the back. And so Vlade and Peja pull up, because I'm in the back of Tower Records outside. They pull up. Vlade had like a bag of like McDonald's, and he gave Oh, me, I thought you were going to say cigarettes. He gave me a cheeseburger. Because you looked hungry? I don't know. I just think you just hate it. Maybe it was because I looked hungry. Yeah. I didn't think about that. You're probably like a scrawny yeah. little kid that was this like. This kid needs some food on him. <laughs> so, you need a cigarette with food? <laughs> cigarette but what was really cool is they they had to leave after a certain point. They couldn't get to everyone in line. So they took down your name and they sent me an autograph. Like some Kings people like took down my name and mailed me of Lade and Peja autograph. That is, I think about even for my sister, she has stories of going to like a, a car dealership or wherever it was to get, I think it was Vlade's signature and then went to like a basketball camp young. All those memories for someone who doesn't love sports. She does not, she's yeah. not a sports lover. Her husband, um, it, he's definitely into sports, but she's not, those things stuck with her in like King's pride. I remember going to Incredible Universe. Remember Incredible Universe? <laughs> what, no. Fries now? It's or fries. fries yeah, yeah, I don't even fries is, exist. Is it, it was Incredible Universe. Yeah. This might have been 95 or 96. So Mah- electronics? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf was signing autographs, and uh, my uncle took me. And he showed up, like, way late. But I got his autograph. Really? I, was, I used to. I was like an autograph hound as a kid. If there was an autograph signing, we went to J.C. Penney. I got Lawrence Funderburk and John Barry's autograph on a little J.C. Penney like stuffed basketball. It's pretty interesting how many autograph signings oh, I was brought you to, though. and they were free autograph signings. I didn't. There's no like. My friend Ben has a garage full of all of those autographs from all of those autographs. No way. Those are fun times, man. Those are, you know what's funny? They're like worth nothing, no. but they're so cool to just oh, like. the memories. Yeah. Yeah. What's the other one that you have from uh, Jermaine O'Neal? Oh, that one was different. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma, uh, who passed away, Morgan, uh, in January. I don't know I'm not know. making fun of her passing away. It seemed like you kind of were because no, you brought it up. You're so such an she ass. was at uh, the Sacramento airport one time and she, and kind of, if you think about it, it's not, it's kind of like, eh, why are you stereotyping here? <laughs> so she was at the airport and she saw a person that looked like could be a basketball player, a large person, a, a very, very tall, tall person. person, huge. 
seven foot tall. And she goes up and goes, hey, uh. do you play in the NBA? And Jermaine, it was Jermaine O'Neal. And she, he says, yes, ma'am, I do. Oh, who do you play for? I'm, and he says, I'm Jermaine O'Neal. I play for the Indiana Pacers. And my grandma took out a receipt and had Jermaine O'Neal sign it. It said, like, to Dave. He still has it. Jermaine O'Neal, number seven, Indiana Pacers. That's so nice. Isn't yeah. that great? He was so nice to my grandma. Yeah, Jermaine that's, like, O'Neal. a cool thing. Because, like, you hear, like, man, these people come up to me. They don't even know who I am or whatever. Yeah. And it's bothering me. That's really nice. And it was yeah. just his grandma trying to be cute, you know, for her grandson that was in love with the NBA. So... It's cute. Yeah, so it was it was just a really cool that it's I liked Jermaine O'Neal a lot growing up and like, oh my god, you wait, what? You met Jermaine O'Neal? You loved you loved O'Neal's because it was Shaquille O'Neal, right, that got you into basketball? Or yeah. that got you Yes. When I saw him dunk a basketball yeah. with the Orlando Magic. That's so when I was five years old, I was like, I love this guy. This guy's a giant. You've always had a thing for bigs. Yeah. Big show. Oh. Well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. That's why I love Sabonis so much. So is he your favorite passing big? It's a, that was a great question Frankie asked yeah. in the first hour. Is is Sabonis the best passing big that the Kings have had? And you start thinking about their great passing bigs. Vlade. Vlade, Chris Webber, mm-hmm. Brad Miller. Oh. Harry Giles. <laughs> if Kenny Thomas was here, he would say himself. <laughs> Kenny Thomas. <laughs> he would say himself. Kenny Thomas does think he is oh, I one love of the it. best players in he, Kings franchise history. It's so great. He totally does. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, I mean, is Sabonis the best passing big guy in Kings history? He's got a legit case. The guy's averaging seven assists a game, and he does it in a variety of ways. Now, in terms of just, like, the – making amazing passes like Vlade and Chris did behind the back passes. The ball yeah. movement was great, but Sabonis can make those passes too. I mean, I, it's definitely a conversation. I mean, his dad, Arvidas was such an exceptional passer, right? He's one of the best passing bigs ever. He came to the NBA way later in his career. By the time he went to Portland, he's like 31, 32 years old. He was out of his prime by then, but he still came in and you're like, God, oh, this guy is so skilled. Sabonis so has incredible feel for the game. Some of the passes he made last night. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, his, his instincts, feel for the game. I mean, his ability to push the ball up the and floor with the a thing dribble. I think separates it is like he'll go up and get a tough rebound and yep. push. And yep. you're like, how did you just drop this dime? And he's moving fast. It's not like, oh, God, he's got the ball. Sometimes he tries to do that behind the back, like dribble. And you're like, oh, is he going to lose it? But he is such a gifted playmaker. Well, and I think, you know, you and I have talked about this when we were watching Kevin Durant before he got injured. And we were just like, how crazy is it that this guy would usually just be considered a big in the NBA, right? Seven footer. Um, But he's he's just a seven footer that can do it all defensively, offensively. I mean, his ability, obviously, you know, to shoot over people and everything. But if he was just a big, like, he would still do incredible things. And that's why when I look at someone like Sabonis, he might not be as shifty, as crafty as Kevin Durant is with his handles. and yeah, being, yeah. You know right. what I mean? Obviously. But, like, there's so many things that he can do with his size body that is pretty incredible. Well, coming up next, it is Friday, and I'm ready for this. Oh, what? A little story time with Chris Verlaz. Yes. He's got some good ones. We may even have Kyle in for this. I'd love to get Ooh, Kyle in yes. for story time with Chris Verlaz. 
It's Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports 1140 and com. Sacktown Sports. Juice Mason, Morgan Ray, and Chris Verlau with that chill update on a Friday. Oh. We're getting ready for a little story time with Chris Verlau. We also have our guy Kyle Ledbetter in studio with us right now who works behind the scenes here at Sacktown Sports 1140. Uh, let's go over his resume. Okay. Podcaster. Uh-huh. Check. Historian. Check. Stand-up comic. Check. Author. Okay, we like it. We are an author, yes. He just came out with a book about Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs. I know. This so is published. So I mean, so cool that you do a little bit of everything. And then behind the scenes here, what what do you do? I mostly produce the Kings games. Occasionally, like today, I'll fill in because our boy JJ is out. Occasionally I'll do some college basketball, maybe some Oakland A's, and that's most of my job around here. And how old are you? I am 21 years old. 21 wow. years old. Great energy, too, by the way. And he's he just went out to open mic night the other night where Rami was out, and he had some material, too. Yeah. So how often are you doing stand-up comic comedy around um, town? Around town? Well, so I moved out here like eight months ago. So at the beginning, not too much. Now I try to go at least once a week, maybe twice a week. Getting the reps in. That's well, a I lot. thought, let's have you in for story time with Christopher Lott. We can all react to stories together. Are you ready? I'm very ready. I have not done one of these before. Story time with Christopher Loud, baby. We interrupt this program for an important announcement. It's that time of the day where Christopher Laud gives you the stories that you need to hear. Or maybe not. It's story time. With Christopher Loud, baby! All right, Chris, what do you have today? Do we want a dark story today? Or yes, no? we do want oh, a dark okay. story. Show Kyle what's up. Show Simone what's up. All right. Let's go all the way to Maine. This is Verona Island, courtesy of the Maine Banger Daily News. Terrence Leach, a six-year-old man who was a house guest, died in a house fire on Wednesday. The fire crews responded and found two people, including the homeowner, who were able to escape, but unfortunately Leach did not. Leach was the friend of the homeowner, and the reason why he was staying at his house was because of a fire at his own house... Which started when he was smoking near an oxygen tank, according to the state fire marshal's office. Oh. Police say there are no indications of foul play on Wednesday's fire, but it is under investigation. So just to be clear, Guy was staying somewhere else because the place he was living at caught on fire. Because of him. Because of him. And then he went somewhere else and died in a, in a fire. That's okay, Chris. When you said dark. That's pretty dark. I, I, that, it was a dark one. That was a dark one. And, like, I we, think we all know what happened. He smoked so he, next to an oxygen thing? tank. He did the same thing? Uh, like, what else could it be? Well, we could be responsible and say that we don't know and it's under investigation. <laughs> or we could say that he was probably smoking near an oxygen tank. Oh, he has a my point. God. All right, what's next, Chris? <laughs> well, let's lighten it up a little bit. Okay. Uh, this is Cincinnati, Ohio courtesy of WXIX, a couple in Cincinnati filed a police report after their rug was stolen off of their front porch. Mm. Last week, a woman walked up their porch, carefully moved the couple's patio furniture, folded up the rug, and took off with it. So the owners saw all of this on their ring camera, and they were just like kind of weirded out by it. Uh, The man who owned the rug said, it looks like she was there with a purpose. 
like she was stealing it back from us as if we stole it from her in the first place. <laughs> like, and if you see the video, like she just she goes up, walks it, uh, like kind of like gets the dirt off of it and then no. rolls it up and takes it. Yeah, <laughs> she gets the dirt off of it. Why wouldn't she, she just like wait, grab it and run? And just to be clear, I thought this was like a rug that maybe like Amazon delivered and. Like porch pirates do, they go steal like no, packages. This, the, this the was like rug a rug was already out there. Uh, <laughs> so weird. This reminds me of that kid on Halloween who like stared into the people's camera while taking all their candy. That's so creepy. Wait, I don't think I saw that. I think it was, he's talking about himself. That's oh, okay, what he did. <laughs> yes, on Halloween in twenty seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was last year. Wait, so was this? Someone in the chat was asking, is this like a welcome mat they stole or was it like No, a- this is like a rug. So it's on their porch. So like their furniture and everything. It's like is an outdoor it. rug. Yeah. 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 I hate when people do that. Okay. So after they filed the report, they posted the video, which I told you about. Uh-huh. A bunch of people were angry. Like, how can this happen in our neighborhood in broad daylight? Like, who is this person? We need to find out who they are. So a few days later, the rug was returned with a note. The person described herself as the woman who mistakenly took your rug. (laughs) The note also read, I am exceedingly apologetic for taking your rug. It was an honest mistake. I was trying to pick up a free rug from a Craigslist offer, and I obviously got the wrong one. I buy it. I am truly sorry. I buy that. I do. I do think she probably messed that up, because why would you be so deliberate in, like, if you're stealing something, you're, like, going up there real fast, taking it. As someone who's obviously my dad has yeah. stolen a lot of things, so I, yeah. I, I know this stuff. For sure. But, like, you're not going to, like, take the time to, like, shake it off and roll it up and okay. You, she thought it was free. Here's my question. Did it have the furniture on it? Like, that was confirmed. Yes. Uh, she had to move the furniture she, around to get the she rug. She did not know she was stealing the rug. But why would she turn it back? <laughs> yeah, why would she give it back? She, it was her mistake. Because she they saw... saw it all on the camera, and <laughs> oh, then they posted no, no. it, and I so she was like, I'm in you trouble. You just think the worst Yeah, of people, not Morgan. everyone's evil. Sometimes people just make a simple mistake. Kyle? I got to be honest. I'm with Morgan on this one, and I also think Thank they you. shouldn't have returned it. The man said <laughs> The man said he was initially upset, but is just relieved the rug is back. Apparently, this guy really likes his rug. He's relieved? <laughs> yeah. He was, he, I could not sleep at night, man. It was just really rough. Apparently, the rug really tied the room together. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> if you weren't, I was. <laughs> it tied the porch together, Chris. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> someone is bringing up a good point, too, what? about that. Um, now the message, where is it at? Uh, I forget. It wasn't that good of a point. Okay. Uh, Professional no, broadcast. There you go. Yeah, I know. I'm losing my mind, Kyle. Oh. Why are you taking a oh, shot at me no, right now? No, Kyle's not a... taking a shot. Uh, Chewy just said, I'm going to use that apology every time I ca- get caught stealing. And that's great. Great, great point. <laughs> yeah, so it was a oh, free Craigslist, too. Oh, my bad. My yeah. bad. Right. Oh, I thought that your car was the free car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we got time for one more. So yep. this is St. Patrick's Day. So. Yes. Oh, happy St. Patrick's Day. Are you celebrating, Day. Kyle? You uh, I'm celebrating by working here. Yeah, but I mean, you. how late are you working? About 7 o'clock. That's early. Where are you going tonight? Back home. You're not going to do anything? <laughs> no, not really, no. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm the I'm the lame person. That's no, lame. That's, that's not, not I'm not doing all. anything. Well, I'm not judging you. I just remember when I was 21 in St. Patrick's oh, Day, yeah. it was a different story. <laughs> you are just responsible and you have your stuff together. No, I, I identify as a 43-year-old man nice. at this point. I go to sleep at 9.30 most nights. I'm uh, I'm an old man at this wow. point. Wait, really? I write books. <laughs> before, before your story, Simone, are you doing anything tonight? Nope. Okay. Mm. Love it. Mm. Chris? Mm. Going out to Elk Grove. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Him induced night on the town. What's going on? Um, 
Next, Chris, on your last story. So Dublin, Ireland, courtesy of TV3 News. So are you guys actually excited for St. Patrick's Day? Or um, Sure. Would you travel to, to Ireland for St. Patrick's Day? I wouldn't do it for St. Patrick's I'd definitely go to Ireland. Same. I wouldn't travel to Carmichael for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> okay. so, it's a little different than <laughs> Ireland. Ireland's, you know, known for you. Okay, anyway, go I, ahead, I'll Chris. Take it. So Bill in Ireland is 100% out on St. Patrick's Day. He hates it. TV3 was out at a local shopping center asking people if they were planning on going to the St. Patrick's Day parade at the Dublin City Center. And this was his response. Right tomorrow, I wouldn't be, I, you know what, I'll stay in the back garden with me dog. I think it's the greatest load of pumps and wumps. All the Americans are over here. Oh my God, I love this. I love Ireland. They doing my I'm telling you, I hate it. What happened? Yeah, what happened? Oh, yeah. That, that was a long <laughs> bleep. Uh, that's amazing. So, I mean, like, are you with Bill? The DAA, they manage the Dublin and Corks airports, said they expect 212,000 passengers to fly into Dublin for the parade and St. Patrick's Day today. Uh, what? Go ahead. I just, I thought like a lot of people go to like Chicago and go see the Green River. I think they go to Ireland, too. Okay. And yeah, shockingly enough, Americans ruin everything. Yep, not surprised. Yes. We've been doing it for a long time now. For a long for time. For a long, long time. <laughs> I would just like to play it again because his American <laughs> accent is fantastic. Do it. Absolutely fantastic. Right tomorrow, I wouldn't be, I, you know what, I'll stay in the back garden with me dog. I think it's the greatest load of pumps and wumps. All the Americans are over here. Oh my God, I love it. I love Ireland. They doing my... Oh my God, I love Ireland. I'm telling you, I hate it. That's amazing. That is great stuff. That was a good story time with Chris Rowe. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. No alligators well, were injured or killed. The first one was, Wow. Well, Bad. yeah, but I mean, did he do it to himself by lighting up? Oh, I wasn't going to bring the story up again. I okay. just said the first one was pretty dark. Yeah. Oh, but sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was pretty good, yeah. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we got closing time and so much more. Kyle, thanks for coming in for a sec, man. Thanks, Kyle. Absolutely. Right. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports, 1140 Sacktownsports.com. Deuce and Mo on your local sports leader. Set Town Sports. Oh, that's my bad. You can't hear me. No, no, you <laughs> So funny. Chris is just like looking at me and I'm like, what? We're like, are we he on? He a smirk on his face. Deuce Mason. I'm like, what are you, what, what are you, what are you going for here? <laughs> no, I was just sitting here like, I'm just here in silence right now. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan. Oh, Kyle's just going to hang with us. It's Friday. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on this Friday. Coming up at 2, Eddie Gleason's in the building. The legend. Yeah! The GOAT. He is uh, going to be in, filling in for Nick Cattles on Cattles and Rami. They're going to be on today until 6. With a lot going on in the sports world, right? Yeah. Yeah, March Madness. Dude. I'm excited to watch some March Madness games today. That's what I'm excited for after I get out of here. Wow. you get to, That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. Okay. No, I am. I'm totally be honest. Like you, you don't have time today to watch anything. I'm getting my. What are you doing? My brow. You think today. I want? Okay. This no, is, is that is what the you're thing. doing? Here's the thing, you guys. So I have to get my stupid lashes done. If I had a choice, 
and like didn't buy into societal norms on TV, then I would I would not spend money on anything beauty. Yeah. But instead, I have to do lashes. I have the to do patriarchy. Hair. Yeah, I'm sorry. Is that inconvenient? Thank Aww. you. Thank you, Simone. Mark it down. Uh, shocking. If we're playing a drinking game, we're talking about Sabone is getting hit in the face. Let's play the drinking game of Morgan complaining about, Stop I have it. to get something done. Yeah, Stop it what? right I, now. I have to get my hair cut every two weeks. How does that feel, guys? Two weeks? How long does that even take you? 20 minutes? Actually, honestly, it, it's he gets taking a, way too long. He it's gets like, a skin fade, so I'm, it's like an artwork. I, wow. I, I've, been getting, I've been falling asleep a little really? bit. I've been like, struggling to stay awake when I get a haircut. Well, yeah, I'll fall asleep probably when I get my lashes done. Yep, me too. But I have to do lashes, eyebrows, hair, mm-hmm. and like now because as I get older, I'm learning more and more about skin treatment. Yep. And I didn't know like it costs so much money and like they, that's the other thing. They don't give you all this money to be like, hey, you to right. help you with your wardrobe and to help you with your makeup and stuff. So then you're spending all your hard money We should money be able to write it off. Honestly, as people in entertainment, I'm for real. Amen, Simone. Cash grab. <laughs> yeah. These tax loopholes, huh? This I mean, seems like a cash grab. That's what rich people do. Rich people do all those things yeah. with taxes. So become rich, and then you yep. can keep all your money. Trying, exactly. Chris. Trying. <laughs> uh, a tin in the chest says, it's disrespectful to sleep during a haircut. You got to talk to your barber. Ugh. Yeah, lately I've just been tired when I go get my haircut. It's just hard. And, it, you know, you take an hour. It's like, I don't have it. I talk all day. I don't have, I can't stay awake. That's fine. No, you got a boring barber. No, it's not that boring, actually. It's just. I put in headphones while I get my lashes done, and I think I'm going to do the same thing. And so I'll usually listen to like an NBA podcast, and I'm like catching up on what's going around the NBA. The worst. But it's Friday, so I'm going to put in an audio book. The worst is when you go to the dentist, and then the dentist wants to talk to you. Oh, my. There's stuff in my mouth. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Sure. Your hands are in my mouth. Do you not go to the dentist, Kyle? I have not been to a dentist in a while. How how long has it been, Kyle? Uh, When was the pandemic? Oh, my God. I mean, some would say it's still kind of... Are you okay? Yeah, I brush my teeth every day. I floss. I'm I'm healthy. I just... Yeah. And dentists are frauds anyway. I just don't... I don't get benefits right now, so... All right. Let's get to closing time. (sighs) Closing time. All right, it's uh, closing time. Yes, it is. But before we go, <laughs> you know we have to give you a last call. <laughs> we have the Kings and Wizards coming up on Saturday night. Will the Kings keep it rolling, Morgan? Do the Kings get revenge after the Wizards led by 30 at one point? The last time these two teams met at G1C. Embarrassing. Um, obviously, Braddy, Braddy, Braddy. Bradley Beal is still playing at a very high level. You got KP, who is playing some of his best basketball. He's healthy. He's feeling good. It's one of those games, and I say this every game right now, be worried. The teams that don't have anything to worry about, they're coming after you. They want to make sure that beam is not lit. How do you feel about the Wizards? I think the Wizards are kind of irrelevant, but the good news is the Sacramento Kings are now 0-1 against them. I believe they're one of three teams Sacramento hasn't beaten this year. I think it's the Sixers, the Hawks, and the Wizards. Uh, That might be wrong. I might need to fact check that, but it would be cool if they get a win because the Wizards are not really a good team right now. Also, I like Kyle Kuzma. Uh, and Porzingis <laughs> has been playing well this year. He has yeah. a big-time bounce-back year. Also, the Wizards are still playing for something. They're trying to get into the play-in. So yeah, exactly. Better bring it. Um, Michael Jordan's planning on selling the Hornets. If you had FU money, would you want to buy a sports team? 
Yes. You if, would? Oh, my God. You'd want to buy and own and operate a sports team. 100 If I had wow. FU money, yeah. yes, I would. Why wouldn't you? I love sports. I would love to be oh, a part. Oh, man, the team sucks. Our owner is terrible. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. wish they would just sell. <laughs> How would you like that, that I'm trying pressure? to think what I would say or what I would do. You could just buy season tickets and just be at every game, too, and not have that expectation of like, could, dealing with all that. But obviously, these rich people are buying these teams for a reason because they're making more money off of them. So Once if, they sell them, yeah. I mean, if there's a way to make more money off of my investment, then, yeah, I would do use yeah. my money for these reasons. And then I would just go get my lashes done and say, like, let all my assistants take care of things. MJ bought the team for like two hundred fifty some million dollars. Yeah, going to sell for over a billion. Yeah, that's insane. And and he really needs it too. Yeah, <laughs> this is also true because if you remember, the person he's selling to is the guy who lost his money in the AMC thing. So that'll be interesting. Oh wow! <laughs> I love your knowledge. Guys. That is pretty impressive that yeah. you know that. Yeah, so. it's going to be interesting. Also, how much fu money do I have? Because okay. if it's billions and billions, I'm yeah. buying a baseball team because there's no salary cap. Okay, how about five bill? Buying a yeah, a, I will buy a baseball team. You're buying a baseball team. I'll buy a yeah. baseball team because I can do what the San Diego Padres are doing and just spend all my money on the baseball and, team and, and not nobody, win anything, right? And yeah. then just nobody watching. Yeah, nobody watching your sport. Kyle's rich. He doesn't need... There's only so much I can do with an NBA team. There's salary caps. If it's Charlotte, no one's ever going to sign in Charlotte. So... If That's I'm a good gonna, point. If Michael Jordan could own a team that one of the greatest players of all time, they can't win. Like maybe it's not worth owning, you know. Yeah. Well, remember, Michael Jordan's a bad executive at running a team. So if you get someone else in there who's maybe better and not Mitch Kupchak, then maybe it goes a little better. All right. Last one was: Will you be celebrating St. Patrick's Day? Kyle is not. Kyle do is not. Do anything to celebrate? No, it will not. Have a nice Guinness, huh? Dude, I got... Irish car bomb? I I don't want to talk about... Oh, gross. (laughs) Wait, why? Why is an Irish car bomb gross? Huh? You like an Irish car bomb? What is that? Isn't that just the um, beer and the... I mean, uh, I mean, I definitely have had yeah, some of those. Yeah, I'm getting one next time. Yeah. Like, I was laughing for a different reason. I've never heard that phrase before. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you, you probably shouldn't say that either. <laughs> is it a drink? Yeah, it's a drink, but you know what it's based off of. No, no I don't. The Troubles in Ireland. Oh, Actual why Irish is it car a thing that's on a me- like, I- Yeah, why is it on a menu then? That's what it's called. <laughs> See, that's where my mind went when you said that. I was like, what Wait, is dude's my talking mind? about? I have no idea. <laughs> My mind went straight to the drink, yes! and I'm like... <laughs> so you're talking to someone who doesn't drink over oh here, so... Oh, my God. Okay, well, hey. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Coming Story up next... time with Dave Deese Mason. Whitey Gleason. And, of course, Rami. It's Cal's and Rami 2 to 6. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya.